Hello, I'm your host, Michaela Marshall, and this is Welcome to the Hellmouth. Hi, I'm your host, David Lindley. This is the Buffy Podcast by Two Scoobies. Hellmouth? Hellmouth. back tears yeah so yeah you're truly a scooby now because this is season seven episode 22 chosen chosen turn and face the chose original air date may 20th 2003 oh look at that so nice so nice 2003 Uh, this is some would say the final episode of buffy the vampire slayer some would i don't know what others would say maybe they really count the comics as Mm, like straight super canon yeah More canon even than Than this. Yeah, yeah. Mikhail, it's hard to end things. Yeah. We know this. Yes. It's harder to end things when you have ascribed to a half arc season or half season arc. (laughs) One of the two. Let me look this up real quick. Is this a trope? Yeah. Oh, delightful. We're gonna have so many of those. The half arc season, as described by TV tropes, the source of all knowledge and truth on the internet. Correct. Is a season where each season has its own story arc, but the majority of the episodes in the season are one part standalone episodes. Buffy the Vampire Slayer honestly like was one of the first popular shows to do this. Yeah, absolutely. I'm not sure I like the format, especially when it gets to the last episode and they're like, all right, we got a lot of stuff to do. People are going to die. We're not going to care about it too much. We, we got have too time. much. T- yeah. yeah, too much to do in too little time. And you're like those five episodes that you took. Doing nothing. To do nothing. Yeah. So perhaps that's partially the fault of the format and partially the fault of the writers misusing their format mm-hmm. and wasting time earlier. And I think... In this case, they really wanted to save all the reveals they could for this episode. I guess. I guess. Including the actual plan of the first. They want to save that until the latter half of the episode. Yeah, they really do. Yeah. I mean, at least the first has a plan. Kinda. And Buffy sort of has a plan, which she gets like 10 or 15 minutes into the episode. Because of her conversation with the first. Now, when you say the first has a plan, enlighten me. What's the first's plan? Oh, well, the first goal is to overrun the earth so that it, there are more of its minions than people, I this guess. This tips the scales, yeah. right? And the first gets to become corporeal. Flesh, which is awful. As a corporeal being. Right. Thumbs down. Yeah. The, the first really wants to feel a neck break, though. You know, this mm. was brought up in a previous episode. Right. Yeah. So, you know what you always want what you can't have. <laughs> Right? I guess. Grass is always greener, etc. So I'm not saying it's a great plan or it's got a lot of moving parts. But you know what it's not? It's not Adam's plan to make an army of human demon robots and then do question mark. It also hasn't been bigging up its plan for half a season. Yeah, that's true. So we aren't sick of it talking about it yet. Yeah. It's so question mark that we haven't had time to get sick of anything. Because it's only at this time is it even revealed that this is the end goal of the first. Which, why? Why tell Buffy at all? He might. I guess because the first at this point is so overconfident. Yeah. That it's like, well, you can't stop me from doing this so i'm just gonna tell you about it but very like i don't know now michaela before we dive in to the episode it's worth noting several things in the room with us right good right the first is a delightfully (laughs) hand-drawn by you picture of angel which we will share next to the picture of angel that spike draws this episode Mm -hmm. because they're goddamn identical (laughs) 
and it's just currently watching us as we pod. Yeah. It's, it's like mostly a... watching you because we got the blinds in the way. If I could punch it, I would. I guess I'd be punching your window. Sounds a little painful. Don't do that, please. Yeah. I also showed up at your apartment wearing a cat print dress, wearing a V reverse V sweater, a belt that's not doing anything, hoops, uh, all the rings I own. <laughs> <laughs> and a necklace that like has one long part that just dangles down from the rest of it. It's honestly stunning. <laughs> and you're doing button watch. I am doing button yeah. watch. I've got a button up shirt and I only have the bottom button done up. Uh, I was definitely considering doing a turtleneck, but my God, I'm warm right now. Yeah. I'm so glad It'd I don't so have a turtleneck. If you had a turtleneck on. Yeah, you'd be dying. <laughs> dying of heat. All right, Michaela, very special episode. Here we go. The last episode. Oh boy. Here we go. I thought Caleb was dead. I made the same mistake Buffy did, and I didn't realize that a single gut wound actually takes hours to kill a person. Especially when they're a vessel. Yeah, he's full of that first juice, which we actually get to see a bit of as he gets back up and it's all running down his face. In my first picture, first juice. Uh, I have come up with a much less good name, <laughs> which is never better, referring to how Nathan Fillion is feeling. Never but yes, better. first juice. <laughs> it's hard to say, actually. Yeah, so, you know, Angel's here, they're celebrating. The show is really acting like we're all hyped as fuck to see Angel. <laughs> oh boy, are we excited that this man is here. Oh, <laughs> uh, we're not. No. No, but no. that's fine. He's doing his damnedest, you know? Yeah, and then, yeah, so Nathan Fillion gets back up and he's like, you think you can kill me? I'm full of that juice. And then Buffy says, yes, chops him in the groin and oh. then chops him straight in half with the scythe. Right. Which Angel calls a cool axe. Right. This is actually a pretty good time for a digression because I looked at the TV tropes page for a lot of stuff about mm -hmm. Buffy since I watched this episode. Because now I'm spoiler free. Right. Except Angel, which I had to close a couple <laughs> things because I was like, oh no, Angel spoilers. <laughs> Oh, you thought you were so free. I thought still, I was so free. You were shackled. Anyway, the head scratchers page for season seven is like, why the fuck do they keep calling this thing a scythe? Right. It's an axe. And someone in there is like, oh, it's fairly similar to a war scythe. Oh. And we'll have a link to the Wikipedia page for war scythe. Interesting. But here, let me oh. show you a picture. Okay. I mean, still no. I'm going to say still no. Still no. Absolutely not. Yeah. The defining feature of a war scythe is a concave blade. This mm. has a convex blade. Yeah. It's it's literally the opposite, you might say. It, basically, that makes it a bardiche. <laughs> you learned a lot about war weapons. I'm Well, because someone was like, oh, this definitely is a scythe. And then commenters were like, it's not, yeah, but though. But it's not. <laughs> it's a bardiche at best, but might as well just call it an axe. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Why are they calling this? Anyway, it's a scythe. It's a cool scythe. And it chops this guy in half, starting with his testicles, which is a statement from a feminist show. Sure is. Now, you know, you say that she chops this guy in half. And this is technically a person. <laughs> Right. And <laughs> he even has a name. Yeah. He's full of that first juice. So maybe he's less of a person, but it is played for hella laughs. Yeah. The fact that this human being is in two halves on the floor and Buffy's like, oh, he's there. <laughs> he had to split. <laughs> Yeah, he's a person. In the same episode where Willow's like, I might go dark again and you'd have to kill me. 
Yeah, yeah. Because killing people is wrong. That's what this show has taught us. That's what I've learned. Except if they're bad, then it's okay. This guy's like really bad. He's very bad. He's I'm very not saying bad. he's good. But yeah, the entirety of the rest of Buffy's been like, don't kill any human, even if they're bad. I'm like, I guess where's the line? Did he stop being human when he became this vessel? I don't know. Buffy killed half a human when she killed Adam. That's, oh, not, oh no, I forgot how many halves he was. <laughs> Three halves. I was, I was about to argue. He's a big person. But he's like, at, <laughs> at most a third, but half. no, no. Half, half, half. Yeah. Angel has come here not just for smooches. Oh boy. He also has a file folder of useless information and an amulet of power. So the file folder is le less for Buffy and more for him. Um, because in the final episode of Angel season four, and I didn't remember this, I had to look it up. Oh. Basically, these this file folder about this pending apocalypse and this amulet are given to him by someone, and he's told that like he needs to go to Sunnydale and uh, help Buffy essentially, right. and that like this amulet is gonna for some reason be relevant to that. Mm -hmm. But it feels pretty weird if we're not watching Angel when he just shows up and he's like, I got this thing. It's gonna help you. <laughs> You know what could help that? Watching Angel Season 4. Yep. Which, hmm, that's a, that's a hell of a thing. It's a big ask. Yeah. And it's funny, in this scene that, uh, where Angel's, you know, talking to Buffy, they're having their whole cookie conversation or whatever, there was a bunch more dialogue that they wanted Angel to have about what's been actually happening on Angel. Mm. And they cut it all because they were like, this is going to be too polarizing or I guess alienating yeah. for people who aren't currently watching Angel because there's like a lot. They were going to have him say a lot of things that would have been like mass spoilers for you. Buffy's cookie speech is great yeah really really enjoy it yeah it is such a bad metaphor to use it's, and it goes wrong so quickly it's such a pure buffy speech it's incredibly buffy yes it's the exact sort of speech because her metaphors are always bad they never really get where she's trying to go but you kind of sort know of there yeah what she means yeah exactly yeah and then she's talking about like eating the cookies and that's not good oh no and you can just hear joss writing this and giggling you know <laughs> I love when Angel gets super petty and hipster about Spike having a soul now. And he was the first one to have a soul and it was cool when he did it. So, okay. I think we have to talk about this now mm -hmm. because Angel's here. So, in Angel season five, you've seen the DVD cover. Yes. And you know. Spike is there. Spike oh, is yeah, yeah, yeah. there. Oh, yeah. We'll have a big talk about this in the latter half of this episode. Right. However that ends up going. The only reason I want to talk about it a little bit now is because in this scene and the, the next scene with Spike, it's made very apparent like there's a lot of stuff happening to really set up this idea that like Angel and Spike don't like each other and they're in this like competition with each other over everything because mm -hmm. I think that that's kind of the vibe that they want to build <laughs> for you know whatever is going to happen and then Spike dies <laughs> well who's to say but he doesn't really which I will have a lot of comments on in the latter half of this episode that's great good I'm excited for them you look really excited to have all those comments yeah yeah <laughs> but the cookie metaphor is basically Buffy saying that, you know what? She's not ready for this big commitment. She don't need no man. And she's just still trying to figure out who she is. And you're like, yes, Buffy, you don't need a boyfriend to complete you. Thank God. It's such a good speech, but it goes against a fundamental truth of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, which is that soulmates are real. Mm. And again, we'll get more into this in the latter half or right. next episode, however we choose to release this. Right. But yeah, a big part of Buffy the Vampire Slayer is that love is a force to conquer all mm -hmm. and that soulmates are a hundred percent real mm -hmm. and then Buffy has this speech which I fully agree with but actually goes against the rest of the show yeah yeah so Angel's making a lot of noise about 
being the one to use this amulet because it is supposed to be used by someone who has a soul but is more than human mm -hmm. which sounds a lot like a vampire with a soul mm -hmm. and basically Buffy's like I need you at the at the second front if this all goes bad you have to you have to defend the world from Los Angeles from Los Angeles <laughs> I mean there's only one way out of Sunnydale yeah and it's to LA down those train tracks <laughs> You just, you take a left at the dam. Yep. You go right past the oil fields. Yeah. I guess you've already passed the amusement park? Probably at that point, yeah. 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 You're yeah, on yeah, the yeah. bus. And like the Turrican probably don't know how to work boats or airplanes. <laughs> yeah. That's probably fine. Go cross country? No. That would actually yeah. be really bad for them because the whole sunlight thing. A little, yeah. 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 But the like, bottom line here is that, I mean, of course they want to have Angel back for the finale because he was a very important character at some point. Who, but they who can't have him fighting. They can't have him fighting and like the other network that he's on didn't want him to be here at all mm -hmm. so you know tread lightly yeah he's here but it's a little awkward so buffy goes home gets kicked which i thought was a nod to the high five system mm, it's not no dawn kicks her because she's mad at her for that time that she tried to send her out to pasture with xander like five minutes ago recently yeah, yeah. very recently so recently question mark why did that even happen you know from a writing perspective i think it would be strange if Buffy didn't try to get Dawn to safety. Mm. Because, like, her, her main goal for, like, an entire season was, like, must protect Dawn, must protect Dawn. And Dawn can't fight. There's a variety of people who should not be fighting in this fight. Oh, boy. <laughs> You're making a face. We'll get there. Yeah. And so she tries to send... Well, this is the other thing. She tries to send Dawn and Xander away, which, great. But there are other people who should be in that car. Yeah. Bunch of, Bunch of other people. That's fine. Buffy sees them, says a quick hi bye, goes down to visit Spike, mm -hmm. and we get one of my favorite lines, which is How's tall, dark, and forehead? <laughs> Oh, good. It's so great. Earlier, Angel called Spike Captain Peroxide. They just don't like each other. They do not. And I've got a picture of it, which is called His Hair Goes Straight Up <laughs> in a nod to Buffybot because we get this picture that Michaela has so lovingly reproduced. And it's just this stick figure drawing of Angel with stupid hair and a lot of forehead. Oh, taped to that punching bag. So Spike can take out all of his frustrations at seeing Buffy kissing him. And last episode, we saw Spike pretty mad about Buffy kissing Angel. Yeah. And previously in this season, we've heard that the first still has plans for Spike. No. It doesn't. It did when he it still had a trigger. It, yeah. Yeah. Right. That was the whole point is that maybe there was... Oh, this is... This is, this is thin. <laughs> Maybe there was some sort of prophecy about some sort of vampire with a soul who was going to do something that, you know, saved the day. Who's to say? And so the first was like, ah, Spike's got a trigger. So I'll use Spike to not do that. And then I'll win. <laughs> That's a lot of writing that the writers didn't have to do. <laughs> I do it all for them. You know, they're, they got hard jobs. I want to make the jobs easier. <laughs> I'm sure they appreciate that. Oh, man. Yeah, so we've got Caleb coming back for like 30 seconds this episode. We've got the Spike drama resolved surprisingly quickly. And we're like, okay, what's happening this episode? Yeah, because I mean, the Spike drama was very fabricated by the show for no reason. For no Absolutely reason. Absolutely for no reason. It's a cliffhanger to get us to see the finale of the entire show. Right. It's like, hey, you probably 
aren't excited for the series finale. Mm -hmm. So here's manufactured drama to pull you in. The Spuffy fans are real and they're strong. They are strong. I think this is the problem. Yeah. There's too much pandering mm -hmm. happening. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, gotta make him think, oh, maybe Angel's back and him and Buffy are together even though they're on different shows. That's gonna work <laughs> out for them. Weird long distance relationship. Does not. <laughs> Sounds terrible. Does not. And we get some of the best character growth from Spike that we have ever seen. It's delightful. He has learned Andrew's name. Right, he's done it. He knows Andrew. When he said it, I just felt so weird. And then I'm like, what's, what do I feel so strange? And then I realized, oh my God, he's never said Andrew's name before. Ah, look at him go. It's so fun to see. He spent all this time with Andrew and yeah. now he's at least learned his oh, name. They, did, they had their little adventure. So cute. Uh, it's actually really fun and cute. This whole Buffy and Spike thing. Yeah. This is the healthiest their relationship has ever been. I love that Spike is like, I'm not taking you back. I saw you kissing Angel with my superior vampire eyes. Yeah. Because I was standing there. Come on. Because Buffy's making noise about like all you vampires and your weird smelling things. Super creepy. And he's like, no, I literally was just lurking in the shadows watching you. Because that's what we do, girl. Yeah. And he puts his wall up, which he was but has been doing for the last like several episodes. And is like, no, Buffy, you can't stay down here with me. And that lasts for three seconds, maybe? Three seconds. Yeah. She turns away and he's like, that, that was all smokescreen. <laughs> yeah. When he says the line about the smokescreen, really, really enjoyable. Clearly you don't, because the whole having a pride thing was just a smokescreen. Yeah, because you're just like, thank God. Because, come on, guys. Especially Spike is generally a pretty straight shooter, you know? So for him to always be like, no, it's cool, man. Not a big deal. Go on dates. It's cool, Buffy. I don't feel weird about it. Yeah. So we get this whole Caleb as the first, or first as Caleb, haunting Buffy late at night after she and Spike have slept in the same bed together, at least. It's left pretty open whether or not they've slept together. First is mocking Buffy a bunch. Quotes the whole one girl in every generation <laughs> spiel from yeah. the early season uh, openings, which is great. Yeah, and reveals the plan, right? Yeah, so this is this is both where the first says, you know, here's what I'm trying to do. And giving Buffy that speech about one girl, and like the reason the, the first says that is because they're trying to, it's trying to uh, highlight how she's alone, mm -hmm. right? And like that's sort of been the theme of this whole thing is Buffy feels like she's a, different from everyone. She's better than them. She's above them because she's the slayer. They're not. And that's really how things have been going poorly for her, I would say. And I think this is also the moment where Buffy realizes, wait a minute, do I have to be the only slayer? Who said? Men said. Men. In that fabricated episode. Uh, is this why they put the men in? So they could be like, fuck those men. It's so unnecessary. <laughs> sure is, but they do it anyways. It's done. They do it. <laughs> Spike wakes up and is so much more cogent after waking up than I am. Because at first he's like, he's drowning in Cool Whip, right? Yeah. I think that's his I line. I think that's his line, yeah. As he wakes up and, you know, he's all in a fluster. But then he's like, oh, Buffy, is everything... All right, Buffy, is everything okay then? Over there in the moonlight? And she says, oh, yes, Spike, everything's okay. And I'm like, when I wake up, I can get out at best a... <laughs> I mean, this is theoretically the time Spike is supposed to be awake. True. It's the middle of the vampire day. True story. Right? Yeah. I'm a, I'm a pretty much like up and at him kind of person, so I get it. No, very sleepy. <laughs> For the first hour or so, David is very sleepy. Doesn't know what's going on. I get up, I get shit done. <laughs> Shaking your up. head is not helpful <laughs> on this audio medium. I mean, it's all I can do. I get up and there's nothing useful happening for a long while. Michaela, let's go into our first segment. Woo! This segment is called, If I Didn't Have You. If I didn't have you to hold me tight. 
If I didn't have you to lie with at night If I didn't have you to share my sighs And to kiss me and dry my tears when I cry Lying, really think that I would have somebody else. Oh. We're podcast co-hosts. Yeah. If you weren't potting with me, oh. who would you pod with? Doesn't have to be someone you know. Can be anyone. Oh. Anyone in the whole oh, world. Whoa, whoa. I know. Whoa. It's a lot of choice, which is why I'm going to Thank go first. God. And give you some time to think. Because recently I had this sprung on me where you were like, oh, I've got a segment. And I realized how terrifying it is. Oh, it only took us 143 episodes. <laughs> for, well, sort of. Yeah, yeah. For that to happen. It's fine. So my <laughs> top choices for alternate podcast co-hosts tim harford would be a fun one he's a bbc journalist who presents more or less which is a statistics podcast Mm -hmm. he's a very good journalist and is generally quite mild-mannered until he gets someone on the line who has done bad statistics oh no and then they're fucked because he's like polite and british and he's like oh that's not really what the report says is it And they're like, well, no, I think the conclusion more or less supports that. And he's like, no, it doesn't. It says this. But you just said this. And all of our research says this. And like destroys them in a very quiet way. Anyway, he's a great presenter. He's an amazing journalist. And he's generally quite nice and polite. So that's, I think, one of my top like Mm. obscure choices. CGP Grey is a lot of fun. I like his YouTube stuff. I like his podcasts. Um, And then Mark Witten makes a bunch of paleo art. And I'm not sure (laughs) if we would actually get along in real life but but you assume so yeah Yeah. (laughs) i I have no idea if he'd be a good podcaster i've never heard his voice Uh, but god his paleo art blogs are so good adorable adorable so i'm gonna tell you some things that Mm -hmm. i just thought guys i I told my brain to just imagine right right? this is before you had said anything Mm -hmm. and the first person that came to my mind and really i don't know what this is about was gordon (laughs) ramsay that would be amazing It's someone who is food obsessed and you, yeah. who is as food neutral as it is possible to be. Right? And he would just be so fed up with me all the time. Oh, he'd be so mad at me. That's fine, though. Well, he's he's actually a pretty nice man. Yeah. When you're not supposed to be a top chef and you're, like, in a restaurant serving people raw food. Mm-hmm. Right? Because that's, you're, like, literally endangering people at that point. Right? So, yeah, he's mad at those people. But he has good reason to be. Um, And then I was you know in a british mindset so i was like oh well david tennant has that podcast now so obviously well that wouldn't be great i don't know i would be very um (laughs) maybe worried the whole time what would i say you would be pretty awkward around yeah maybe at first maybe i'd warm up yeah you don't know i don't know how i'm in this situation but that doesn't matter and he just talks to to cool people that he knows because obviously he knows lots of of fun folks so that's that's pretty nice yeah i mean do i want to hang out with rupaul all day rupaul also has a podcast obviously yeah they talk a lot about how they hate millennials so i feel mm. like i need to change some minds yeah. there maybe you're a millennial i think i am i think i am i don't know right what's a millennial it makes me sad to consider that i might be one so i don't like to look up what the age range I is gen z i think gen Z's the one after us yeah nice but but that means we're millennials so Ugh. avocado toast is great i do like avocados who general. needs a house yeah you're right you're also right. we're ruining which industries oh all a of lot them. of them yeah every yeah, by not going to clubs. Applebee's. Oh, yeah, we've ruined that. Uh, most things, I would say. Most All things. of the things. Yeah. My initial answer for this, like, who would you podcast with? You know, I quite like my father. Right. And I think that would be a legitimately entertaining podcast. Mm-hmm. The problem is our voices are damn near identical. <laughs> 
I think people would know eventually, the content, eventually what was coming out of your mouth. What they would realize <laughs> what was happening. But for the first four or so episodes that they listened, they would not be able to tell us apart. It is funny how at first it can be very difficult to tell people apart because even when I started listening to last podcast, yeah. I had trouble telling Henry and Marcus apart. Yeah, absolutely. Marcus is from fuck Texas. They have vastly different voices, yeah. but I was not able to separate them. No. Like Ben, sure. Ben's very different. Sure. But I literally thought it was some guy that doesn't know anything and a guy that knows everything. <laughs> And it turns out no. it's a guy who knows everything. Yeah. A guy who's really into CBD and tall women. And, and a guy a, who knows nothing. Henry has impressions and he acts out Marcus's script. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> Marcus has not been on the podcasts a lot recently because he's writing a book. Too stressed. Well, no, yeah. sorry. They're writing They're a book. They're writing a book, yes. <laughs> I'm sure all of their names will be on it. Uh. <laughs> We love you, Marcus Parks. We do. All right. Buffy has silly hair for the showdown and a sillier shirt to go with it. This shirt's insane. This hair is awful, but the shirt is worse. Okay. Tan shirt, right? Yep. Two types of beige that yes, she has managed yes. to combine. It's got the puffy sleeves, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. like tops of sleeves. It's, but it's a like a half, half sleeve. length. Yeah, half yeah. sleeve. It's sorry, puffy shoulders. Yeah, is what I mean. yeah, on the yeah, sleeve. Yeah. The lighter tan is bib shaped <laughs> around where a bib would be. Yep. It's so bib. And then I've actually called this strange cut because I was very taken by the I don't know what to even call this. At so the it's bottom. the bottom of the shirt. Yeah. It goes midriffy in the front. Yeah. And then longer on the sides. It's like if she was wearing a big poofy Victorian dress, I could imagine this kind of being at the top of it. Sure. But there's just The pants. fact that there's midriff yeah. under this yeah. under this is insane. It's insane. It is terrible. I was so concerned that this is what she was wearing to her final showdown. Yeah, I mean, this is worse than that, I'll grant you. Yeah. <laughs> It is a lot worse. It's just awful. Anyway, she's holding the axe slash scythe. In this scene, it really rammed home for me how cool this would look as an actual guitar. Oh, it's a sick guitar. It yes. would look amazing as a guitar. <laughs> and that makes the word axe even more laden right? with meaning. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, that's the thing. Like, there is something sort of axe-like about a guitar. Yeah. Yeah. Also, its slang term is an axe. Yes. Yeah. Which is why I assume. Yeah. Right, and so, yeah, in the beginning slash mid part of this episode, there's a lot of sort of Buffy being like, I have a plan, and then we cut away. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So Willow's going to do something radical and new. It will be an exciting thing that happens. Mm -hmm. So my first guess is making more Slayers. Yeah. Because she's giving it to this room full of what I've called emotional attachment, Ooh. which is a picture filled with Slayers, or sorry, potentials, and we have seen none of these girls before. Oh, fuck. I thought that was Rona. It is not Rona. I just saw the hair and I thought it, no. There are literally 12 faces oh in this shot. boy. And we've seen none of them Zero before. Zero of them. I mean, some of them have crazy stuff on. Doesn't matter. That girl with the almost camo jacket. That girl with the midriffy tank top. Oh, this, this shirt is insane. Like, doesn't even matter. But because yeah. <laughs> this is our emotional attachment. Mm. And we haven't seen these people before. So it's funny. I was watching a bunch of the special features today. Mm -hmm. On the season seven DVD, and 
one of the things I think is just was saying was that, you know, they introduced these potentials halfway through the season. A, a bunch of them, right? Yeah. Like you got your Rona, you got your Vi, you got your Kennedy, yeah. Amanda. Like the potentials that have names have had lines. Yeah. And the ones that we are supposed to actually be emotionally attached to. And then he made some sort of statement like, yeah, and then when like, you know, people start dying at the end and when they, uh, you know, get their power, you're you're really invested in it and you're excited about it. And I'm like, but you're not. You really aren't. <laughs> like no one gives a fuck. No one gives a fuck about these people. Or someone must have. I guess. I don't know. I don't know who. It's not a good place to introduce them in the season. Yeah. It's not a good group of people because we don't know most of them. Yeah. And all they're ever given to do is not have power, kind of train, but not really. Yeah. And they complain a lot. Yeah. Which, as far as dialogue goes, is not very interesting. So it's tough, you know? Mm -hmm. It's real tough. Anyway, I could correctly uh, guessed what Buffy's plan is. Is here that's fine there's some choice that all the potentials need to make is there though? is there i don't think there is I don't it's think either so. like go to the fight or not right i suppose and i mean at this point for some reason the plan is we'll go start fighting while willow is doing this not before what the fuck <laughs> we'll talk about this plan we've got yeah. like two more scenes to go we're before we get to this plan we're gonna, we're gonna faith get there and oh boy let's go for that spicy faith got very faith after their encounter and started blowing P-Wood off. Immediately. Because it's just such a faith thing to do. Yeah. His firing back on all cylinders and calling himself prettier than her is perfect. He's just like, no, I'm not going to put up with your bullshit. He pushes all of her buttons and I've actually got a picture called DTF <laughs> Where she's which just like... shows Faith <laughs> taking her pants yeah. off in an attempt to prove P-Wood wrong that she is good in bed. Right? She's like, no, we're doing it again. You must <laughs> right be now. misremembering here we go like she gets her fly unzipped yeah she's absolutely just ready to get in there and uh, i mean this is the thing they like they were shown to understand each other p wood seems to have this like really hyper insight happening mm -hmm. and he's saying all these things to try to rile her up and it works absolutely exactly as he intended it to i mean maybe he didn't expect this <laughs> who would who would <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so that's a lot of fun. He's got a surprise for her if they both live through this. Yeah. Surprise, surprise. The surprise is him living. Well, I think he... Which was also revealed in trivia for me. It was. I think he's just like, maybe I'll surprise you by being a good person. Sure. And then I think the joke is like, oh, she's like, oh, well, you won't surprise me. So then later he's, he's like, surprise, motherfucker. Yeah. Yeah. Like dokes. <laughs> yeah. From Dexter. That's absolutely what I was doing. Yep. <laughs> And then Willow is briefly concerned about the darkness within her. Kennedy will have to stop it if she gets out of control. This is where we see that Kennedy has worn some more suspenders. Oh, I I, when she was wearing more suspenders, I was just like, is this how they think lesbians dress? <laughs> like <laughs> All suspenders all the time. These suspenders look much better. Than the other ones? Oh, yes. so much better. Because those were like basically an overall. Yeah, it was weird. They were just... It's funny that we talked about the suspenders, actually. Because while I was watching the featurettes, mm. at one point... I don't remember what the featurette was even about, but I had to watch the entire scene where Willow is Warren slash Willow. Yeah. She's like, I, I killed you. She has her epiphany. And then Kennedy figures out by kissing Warren. And like, I had to watch Adam Bush just get in there, <laughs> just get all the way in there and then like turn back into Willow. The whole fucking scene. I thought they were going to cut away before the kiss. And I'm like, oh no, no, it's happening. Here we go. And yeah, he's just inside. Surprising. <laughs> far in there Just right in there. deep 
Yeah, yeah, that was fun. So whatever, right? Kennedy will have to stop her if she gets out of control. Blah 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 blah. They're having their wrap up. Buffy, or sorry, Willow had a line I really enjoyed here, where she's like, "You know, Buffy, sweet girl, not that bright." Yes, and I'm like, it's true. It's so true. <laughs> then we go on to our final scene before the real climax starts. About oh like ten or fifteen minutes into this episode, yeah. you know, whatever. I've called this picture personal attack because it is. <laughs> Andrew DMing for Giles, Amanda, and Xander, a game of Dungeons and Dragons. What did I call my picture of what Andrew? What did you call your picture? This is how we dress when we play. <laughs> I wanted to make you say it so that I had audio of it. <laughs> so Andrew has taken the Little Red Riding Hood. Oh, he sure has. From season two? I think it's season four. It's because it's when they go in the house with the fear demon. Okay, yeah. Fear itself and Buffy's yep. Little Red Riding Hood. Yep. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what it is. So season four, he's Little Red it. Riding Hood. He's found it. He's wearing it. Yep. I have not seriously thought about making or getting made a like cloak right? for D&D, but the DMing crown has been brought out a couple times. Yes. It doesn't fit on my head, sadly. I'm sorry your head is so huge. My head's fucking huge. That's fine. <laughs> but like a cloak for D&D is something that comes up a lot in Penny Arcade and I really like the idea of it. Right. It's just so silly. It's such a good trope. Oh yeah. And I really feel like maybe I would take you really seriously <laughs> if you were wearing a cloak, you know? Interesting. But is that what you want? Uh, yeah, all right. <laughs> Don't you want me to be silly? Isn't that what you want? I want you to focus. Oh. Focus on this. Okay. I mean, if you're wearing a cloak, yeah, I'm, I'm just going to be like, what's happening under the cloak, you know? Yeah. Like, I, I'm not, I'm off balance. Right. I don't know. So I have to be really hyper-focused. Yeah. I've, you should probably get a cloak. I should probably get a cloak. You're going to have trouble finding a long enough cloak. Well, I could get it custom made that's by true. the many people in my life who do crafts and yeah. things. There. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I would do. I mean, it's mostly just like, listen, crocheting is different. But like, if I just want a piece of fabric with a hood. Right. Like, that's not going to be the most complicated thing thing in the world no it's gonna have a certain cut to it for the main cloaky bit yeah and then the hood's gonna be a bit more complicated but not too bad <laughs> sounds like it's cut and dry you're getting a cloak <laughs> <laughs> well a cloak would work very well with sort of a ritual vibe yeah bring us into our second segment Ooh, magical segue. realism Finally, you've been talking about doing a magical realism segment for like months, I think, at this point. And when did I save it until? The very end. The very last episode. The very last episode. Ah. Because when I thought about doing it, I was like, no, that's fucking dumb. Right? I do this it last. This is when we lose the listeners. Yeah. Right? Yeah. This okay, is when I get we it. talk about chaos magic. This is when I start out. There's a lot of shit here. Okay. So, magic is real. Yes, no. I mean, what is magic? Good answer. <laughs> I say no with a large asterisk. Yeah. When I got married, did I specifically make my wedding uh, like formatted like a ritual? Yes, you did. Yes. Yeah. Were there calls and responses? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Was it something that I used to focus the energy? Question mark. The will. I think the will and the fiction we maintain in our own heads mm -hmm. around a singular purpose. Yeah. Thus reifying it as in making it real. Mm -hmm. That was a 
hundred percent my goal, and I think it worked. Yeah, I think so. I mean, less than a year on, I'm still married. So, right? pff, what so, more could you ask for? What more? Not much, <laughs> I would say. Yeah, I mean, and that's really like, because what you're trying to do there is take this community of people and like bring them into this thing with you, not not against their will, because I mean, they agreed to come to the wedding. And what is a wedding other than these two people being joined in front of these other people for a reason, in right? The minds of these yeah, other people that's though. true that's like, true magic for me is about altering the myths that we hold in our heads mm-hmm. and myths encompasses everything from weddings to corporations to nation states it's anything you can't grab right, right? that is a fiction in some some respect because you can't touch it you can't interact with it yeah like you can't say hi to a business right you can't say hi to a, a wedding or a couple even mm-hmm. really mm-hmm. but you can hold these things in your head and you can think about them and they become real because people think about them right and then yeah in the same way if you're trying to do magic to better your own life which is another reason that people are doing magic big mm-hmm. air quotes really what you're doing is you're saying here's this thing i want and i am focusing on it and i am envisioning what i want to happen with it and through that that is a way to sort of make it more real for yourself and make it more likely to come true yeah yeah and then you take actions that seem like they are you know stepping stones to that and anything that becomes like an opportunity to advance that goal suddenly becomes part of the spell that you've cast which is what chaos magic is all about it's like focusing on a goal it comes down to a lot of mindfulness but it comes down to focusing on a goal and then taking steps towards it and accepting steps towards it it is just funny when you hear people talk about it (laughs) where it's like so yeah you do the ritual you do your your spell Mm -hmm. but you can't just then do nothing right like you have to then still do things it's like the spell isn't working for you the spell is i mean if anything motivating you to do the work yourself which at that point then that's why the question is what is magic but that is a kind of magic yeah. and then by convincing people to do what you want like that's yeah that is the goal of almost all magic yeah yeah it's not so much like oh i want a spaceship outside my apartment yeah. it's like i want this person or these this group of people to do this thing yeah and yet yeah, there's a book sapiens which talks about a lot about the fictions of corporations and nation states Mm. and i truly think that that's a very good way to think about those things those entities is an idea that we all hold in our heads and has literal power real world power because of shared collective belief right yeah i mean there's there's all sorts of things that if everyone stops doing something the world would fall apart isn't that magic yeah i think so fundamentally a bunch of people stop believing in a thing and then it stops working yeah i think that that's probably (laughs) magic yeah seems to be yeah so yeah i don't fully believe in magic but i sort of do i think that we a lot of people just don't understand how powerful their own thoughts can be Mm -hmm. and just this idea that you can kind of change your life by just thinking about it and believing yourself sounds like it's not going to be real and it's not going to work but it can work because so much of our lives is determined by other people and by our own actions yeah yeah. smallish actions honestly yeah and smallish beliefs that all just sort of add up together yep yeah i've been listening to a podcast about that uh the nexium cult i don't know about the nexium cult okay i'll I'll tell you about it later because it's a lot but just the the things that you can get people to do once you've normalized behavior 
very slowly over mm. time is really scary. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I, yeah, I wanted to talk about cults. I was reading yeah. about, uh, you know, an author who grew up in a commune right. that was definitely a cult. They believed that it's right. the Lyman family and they believed that Venusians were coming to take them mm. to Venus. I will say that I'm pretty sure Keith Raniere is currently on trial, so it's only allegedly a cult, technically. So I nice. don't want Exeon coming after me. I mean, a bunch of them are on trial, and I think a couple of them flipped on him, so he is fucked. Anyways, uh, it's a self-help group. Sorry. Nexium's self-help, a... yeah. of course. Yeah. Uh, ESP, what does that stand for? Uh, something success program. Not extrasensory per- perception. No, no. It's an executive success program. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Yeah. That's a, but like, this is the power, right? Cults yeah. are the power yeah. to hijack our brains yeah. and to give us a sense of belonging yeah. that then manifests itself as real power in the real world. And, and cults don't just work on every person. They specifically target people that they know are searching for certain things, like have lost their path and want to belong to some sort of community. Like those are the people that they go after. There's all sorts of things built in to like the initial phases to weed out people who aren't going to be susceptible to this kind of thing because they don't they're not interested in those people right like they're not going to be able to convince you if you're already in this mindset of like <laughs> you know things that are clearly an mlm <laughs> right are probably not where i want to be <laughs> yeah 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 good times Michaela, do you want to go back and get into the 30 minute climax of this show <laughs> is it really 30 minutes i, I wasn't paying know. attention <laughs> i'll look it up right now while i'm looking this up i will note that the uh t- or the thumbnail for this episode for choke that Google Play Movies kept showing me mm. because it just decided right. that this is the episode I must oh, want must. to watch. Yeah. yeah, is actually the group playing D and D. So it's Giles. So that's how I knew that like Giles would stick around right. at least into the last episode. Because you've been seeing him every week. And then I just saw like, you know, indistinct faces. Right. Xander's there with the eye patch, <gasps> but it's sufficiently small that I didn't see it. <laughs> And, like, it's very dark, obviously. But, yeah, Andrew's there in the Red Riding Hood. Oh, wow. And, I mean, they're playing, and the main villain is Trogdor the Burninator. And, God, I remember those days. Yeah, me too, man. That was my youth. I do sometimes wonder how Homestar Runner was such a phenomenon. Right? With it being just, like, this weird website. Yeah. Like, how did we all know about it? A bunch of flash animations. Yeah. Because, like, like, most people I know know what Trogdor is. Magic. I guess. Like, Salad Fingers is a different thing, right? Yes. Salad Fingers is a distinctly different thing. Okay. But I feel like, for some reason, my brain wants to put them together. All right. So, 22 minutes and 47 seconds, 23 minutes into this 43-minute show. So, half. Halfway is where we get the Sunnydale High establishing shots. Yeah. Done in shaky cam for some reason. So, they're walking in in a big group. Mm -hmm. They get into the high school. I notice that Spike is there, and I'm like, how the fuck? Now, here's how. I have a picture of it. Because... I was like, how did Spike get in here? Is this bling bling? No, uh, bling bling oh. is me just taking a picture of the uh, amulet. Sure. I, I didn't get a good shot oh, of it earlier. Oh, this is fine. <laughs> oh, where Spike is in the background. <laughs> Head, o- or sorry, coat over his head. Yeah. It's fine, though. It's fine. He's fine. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, at least they thought enough to do this. But when he was just with the group, I'm like, where the fuck did he come from? Where did he come from? So, 
the group is all together for the last time. We've got some various goodbyes, short and long. Mm -hmm. Andrew tries to extend his into an Oscar speech. Oh my god, his little piece of paper. It's so adorable. He's thanking everyone for letting him get to this point, and Anya just cuts him off and marches away with him. He has a shout out to his brother Tucker. Which is honestly hilarious. It's very good. All right. And then we're left with the original Scoobs who start quipping their faces off about going to the mall tomorrow after this is all settled down. And it's intensely reminiscent of The Harvest. The intensely. End of, which is, of course, intentional. Especially with Giles saying the world is very doomed yeah, at the end. Right. It's it's quite a throwback and a nice one just to, this is what the show is. Like these horrible things are happening, but we're still just making jokes about going to the mall. Mm-hmm. You know? We're just going to be here, going to do the hard thing. And yeah, we're still just these these fun. Oh, Sanders here. It's not really that fun. <laughs> Characters. Wow. <laughs> Last minute shade against Xander, who probably doesn't deserve it in this episode. In this episode, no. But like what opportunities does he have to be gross? It's true. Yeah. yeah. So what are all of the aspects of this plan? We've got various pairings. And let's start with that. I got some problems with this. Willow and Kennedy. Right. Is fine. Willow's going to do some magic of some sort. Kennedy's going to be there to guard her. Yeah, to protect her slash Willow really genuinely believes she could become Dark Willow. And she's like, you have to kill me if that happens. Which like, is Kennedy going to have time for that? No. Probs not. But yeah, that's great. They're in a side classroom doing question mark. And then I don't think it's possible to get into a pairing without having problems with it. Yeah. Because let's say the next one is Giles and Peewood. Uh-huh. The most competent fighters. Together. Together. What are they doing together? And that is why it's all problematic because it leaves a bunch of schlubs together. Because we've right. got yeah. Don and Xander together. Schlub one, schlub two. Right. Like two people who are literally sent away. Yeah. For being not useful enough are now are they doing one here? of the three like points of failure essentially so what these points of failure let's talk about this okay the plan yeah and sorry i guess anya and andrew are the third pairing which is the worst actually because i think it's worse than don and xander don and xander have done some fighting before yeah Yeah. so what what's the ideal split up because it's giles with andrew Mm. peewood with anya oh i think we do have to leave right we have to leave don and xander because they're the middles yeah we have to put one of the the best ones with one of the worst ones for sure yeah. yeah or maybe xander and anya at least get to go out together but that yeah. might be more crushing i don't know perhaps, perhaps but they surely they'd be more motivated to fight with each other there it's just such a strange setup <laughs> right so the plan the plan the plan is they're gonna open the seal mm-hmm. go down in to yeah. the hell mouth right and fight uh-huh then presumably some of the uber vamps are gonna get past them yeah and go into the school uh-huh they've blocked the sewer access to funnel them upstairs but they need to stop them from getting somewhere oh my god this fell apart more than i realized where are they stopping them from going they're stopping them from staying inside the school upstairs until nightfall right it's day they did this in the day on purpose so then they're not stopping them from going outside no they're stopping them from just hanging around in the school where it's dark i Uh, guess yeah. yeah right yeah and you said like you actually omitted the bit where Willow turns all of the potentials into full-fledged slayers. Right. But we talked about this earlier. 
she does this while they are down in the seal rather than beforehand. Yeah, they, so they go down. Well, so they cut their hands. They cut their, yeah, they cut their hands. They open the seal up in this weird, like, menstruation thing, right? Nothing comes out of it this time. Nope. Uh, And then they go down inside. They go down rather than getting people to come out, yes. Right, instead of having, like, a choke point of some kind. Right. Yeah, they go down and they see this cavern that we had seen this shot of when Buffy had had her like vision yeah full of of uvs and buffy's like now we just have to make sure they don't notice us before willow gets the chance to do her magic so they stand out in the open Mm -hmm. as close to the edge as possible yeah and we're gonna talk about rules later okay and what they contribute and don't contribute to a show right but the rules here from this point onwards are thrown out the window robbing this show robbing the finale of a lot of the impact it could have had. Yes. Because UVs aren't powerful anymore. Mm-hmm. They, the seal doesn't work like it used to anymore with one vi- uber vampire crawling out. Yeah. And like that being the limit, right? Like yeah. it wasn't a two-way valve and it wasn't a <laughs> valve that opens up for a while and lets a bunch of these things come out. It was because something that summoned that. Yeah. one, yeah. got it out, yeah. and then it closed. Yeah, sure did. Doesn't work like that anymore. Apparently not. Magic is done at the most dangerous time possible yes. in a permanent way so that they could have dealt with Dark Willow first mm-hmm. and then all to. rolled out yeah. as, a, as a gang. A Slayer gang. A Slayer gang. The Slayer's pretty good gang. Doesn't gang. make a very good story, but it's going against all of these yeah. rules also makes it not a good story. Yeah. So you've got to make a good story with what you've established and they fail to do that yeah and that's where a lot of the criticism of this episode comes in for sure and like obviously joss has been asked about this mm-hmm. and he doesn't have a good answer there isn't one his answer is like oh the most powerful uv came out first because right. it was the most powerful which makes sense but then we still like the people that kill uber vamps in this episode yeah it's unimaginable that the people who are like able to do it, it doesn't matter if he's the these other vamps are less powerful than the original one. They're less powerful than like a newly awoken vampire has been shown to be. Yes, yeah, it's insanity. It's super crazy. The bringers show up out of nowhere, nowhere. at some point yeah. and they're just there mm-hmm. doing their thing and you're like that makes sense but I didn't realize they weren't UVs because most of these dark clad fucked up face people yeah. are UVs until some of them are bringers suddenly. And actually why have the uber vamps getting up into the school at all like why not just have the bringers attacking and the other people being there to stop the bringers from sort of like attacking from behind opening the seal yeah right like why and then then at least the humans that are guarding the school are fighting humanoid things (laughs) Uh (laughs) things that have been shown to be not that good at fighting right things that dawn has fought before yes right things that people have successfully fought before and like yeah joss's reasoning is just oh, well, we throw it all out the window because then it's empowering for all of these potentials who are now slayers to be killing uber vamps, like these very powerful things. Like we let Anya kill one. It took like four episodes for you to kill one of these things. Yeah. There's a couple good tropes for this. Yeah. Conservation of ninjutsu is the biggest one where the more ninjas you have, the easier (laughs) they are to dispatch. Yeah. And rule of cool. Yes. Which is garbage. It's like, garbage fucking trouble. Rule of cool is what D&D runs on, so watch your goddamn mouth. <laughs> 
Yeah, because we're not filming our D&D exactly. and like presenting it to people with as having this put together narrative that we like worked on together. We just go with what happens, yeah. right? Which is fine for D&D, but not for a TV show. Like the MCU runs on less rule of cool than this show yeah. tries to. Yeah. In this particular episode. Yeah. This one, that's the other thing is like they've never gone this far with these sort of rule breaking things before. Yeah. Right? It's egregious. Just to do it all at once like that? Oh. <laughs> Yep. Yeah. Uh, what else can we say? Right. Everyone starts fighting. We've gone over this fight. The essence of the scythe is used to imbue all of these potentials with the Slayer power. There's a very nice montage of like Willow going, you know, white hair and goddessy and whatever. Yeah. And then all of the potentials around the world like being powered up. Yeah. is neat the the person who stops their like domestic abuse right is a really nice shot to have in here it's great like this idea that you know we have this power that's been given to this woman and we can share it with other women is wonderful and i mean it's the kind of thing that you're like this can't be free and in the comics there are consequences for this good yeah they don't they don't have time to show what the consequences are now but right? they did and they <laughs> sorry they didn't in this season yeah actually no that's 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 fair. Doing it in the last episode, they don't. No. Yeah. They had more time than they yeah. needed. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. They don't block the one exit from this cave, which is the biggest problem. Fucking put Faith there or some shit. Put some people at the top of it to right? just fucking decapitate anyone coming up. Yeah. Like they have to come up head first. Their heads are weak. Remember in season five when Xander had a wrecking ball? Yeah. And now he owns a construction company Question or mark. manages some crews and he can't demolish the area above the seal. Yeah. Right? And like get some sunlight in there. Sunlight. Yeah. Seems like an easy way to stop them from getting out of there. He's already used a wrecking ball in a finale plan. Yeah. It has precedent. It does. In the legal sense. <laughs> right. What else do we need to know here? Uh, Spike, he's got this amulet and it's going to be important. Cleansing bubbles or some such. And he starts getting these pangs as he's getting <laughs> tossed about by this amulet and he's yeah. like, all right, Gav, what's all this thing? <laughs> oh, oh, we missed Buffy's outfit. Mm. Her off to save the world nice. outfit. Mm -hmm. Oh boy. Yes, this jacket with the arms that go down past the hands. It just seems like it's going to get in the way, Kimono doesn't it? Kimono sleeves. And the heels with the very, very pointy toes. So pointy. And so heely. Like, if you want to be doing anything, you can't have these heels. And, like, I get it. Buffy's been fighting in fashionable outfits for seven years. And she even addressed it in Lies My Parents Told Me. She's like, just like a metaphor for Spike, my hoops are great. <laughs> they don't hold me back at all. Yeah. And so, I mean, sure. She's going out, not that she's leaving the world, but she's doing her final thing the way she's done everything else. This coat is unforgivable in my mind because it's literally going to get in the way. Mm -hmm. But, and I saw her wearing it and I was just like, what's, why? Why? Why are we doing this? Yeah. So as you said, Spike's got this deus ex amulet or whatever. <laughs> Very much so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's getting some pangs from this. We reach the point of the fight where all seems lost. Of course. Buffy gets stabbed from behind by a bringer who, or sorry, a UV, sorry, a UV who on second watch does like a really big wind up. Like he's behind her waving his arms and then he winds up to stab her and then he stabs her while she's trying to give instructions. It's hilarious. Oh, it takes man. like five seconds. Oh, it's like really, I didn't even notice it. So they were like, we want the audience to notice. Whoa! 
Yeah. I'm gonna stab you. It didn't work on me. Ha ha. Yeah, anyway. yeah Buffy's been stabbed. She's like, they eat them. Take the scythe. Gather them. <laughs> Yeah. Faith grabs the scythe. She gets a bunch of fucking UVs on her. Yeah. Amanda dies at some point. I didn't realize it was her. Because her face looks so different, different. when she's yeah. dying in this close-up. Mm. I was like, who the fuck is this that we're getting a close-up of? Turns Literally out. took me three watches and I still didn't see it. Yeah. I was like, I'm guessing that was her because all of the wiki and the TV tropes are telling me that it's was her. Amanda, yeah. How did I even remember that? I don't know. I don't know either, man. You did very well Felicia at trivia. Today gets to do some wire work, yes. which is very fun. There's some really good wire work happening yeah. in the background of this fight. Yeah. Like potentials just going past and swinging madly <laughs> like several times in the air yeah. as they are traveling. Oh, so good. So yeah, everything seems lost. Buffy gets confronted by the first through sheer force of will, mm-hmm. she gets herself mm-hmm. up and starts kicking more ass. <laughs> Kicks a bunch of people off of things. Spike gets his amulet stuff, right? Yeah, I think so. Uh, so he's kind of in the background. The amulet's getting all weird. And then it gets all shiny. Mm. Which the uh, the wiki pointed out to me, or maybe the TV tropes, as Spike becoming effulgent. <laughs> <laughs> what a word. It's a circle of life, man. <laughs> I've called it unfortunate lighting. Because, oh boy, is James Marsters being lit from above. Yeah. And that is not flattering for anyone. He sort of lost a chin. Right. It really makes his, like, whole jaw look just Gone. like it's part of his neck. And it changes his face a lot mm-hmm. to not have a jaw, which I guess makes sense. Yeah. But no, he's all shiny and the amulet is uh, really overpowered. Yeah, it's daylight <laughs> concentrated and it just bursts out and kills so all many. of the UVs. Everything. Thousands of them. Yeah. It's like that. Yeah. They're dead. Makes a lot of lasery sounds. Everyone starts fleeing because it's also taking down the entire Hellmouth. You brought this up earlier and you were like, Hellmouth? And I was like, yeah, is it? I guess. Because because the Hellmouth has really been shown in the past to be full of demons. Like when it's opened. Right. Or when it's not opened, like when the whatever group of three were throwing themselves in here. Oh yeah. It was just like a, a never-ending pit. It didn't have a seal. It didn't have a bunch of UVs standing around in it. So like what are they even eating? Didn't that bother you? Like, how are they surviving down here? There's Magic. so many of them. Magic, it's fine. Anyway, yeah. Everyone's getting the fuck out of dodge because this is happening uh p-wood has been slashed across the stomach by bringers i think bringers yeah i don't know anya gets chopped almost in half by a bringer very quick and like holy shit and just out of nowhere i mean we got jost we did get jost i mean he really wanted it to be like unexpected and then everything starts to fall apart and there's no time like they can't get her body and bring it they can't even find her body xander looks around for her but she's just lost in this pile of corpses and yeah like there's no there's no time yeah to like really feel this thing that just happened there's no set up for it right yeah just bam did you know no okay i I, did not know that anya was going to die i didn't think you knew so that's a good surprise for you but i mean spike dies and he's going to be back in angel season five (laughs) now 
Andrew so, doesn't die. But like rules, Michaela, you know? Right. For something to be impactful, it's better if it follows the rules. Absolutely. And yeah, I don't know what the whole history of this like amulet decision was. <laughs> it's funny because the WB, a week before this episode aired, now the WB, I suppose, is the, is the network that Angel would have still been on at this yeah. time because Buffy's moved to something else. Not the CW. Maybe, something else. Something like that. Yeah. Anyways, a week before this episode aired, they were like, Spike is coming to Angel. Yeah. A week before it aired. Yeah. Those dicks. Those dicks. Because then he's got this very nice death scene, you mm-hmm. know? He's being consumed by the power of the amulet. Yeah. Buffy tells him that she loves him as Cassie predicted she would. Yeah. And he gets sort of a Han Solo moment. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, you don't really, but thanks for saying it. Yeah. And yeah. then he die dies. Yeah. Taking the Hellmouth down with him. So from the perspective of Spike making this sacrifice. Mm-hmm. So first of all, did he choose to make it? No. No. He he knew that the amulet was going to do something. It but had it was power very unclear. That was very unclear, yeah. And then, you know, once he realizes what's happening, he he allows it to happen. He doesn't try to fight it. And he sort of feels like this is his moment and he's gonna, you know, do this thing and like sacrifice himself once it's already happening. <laughs> But that's not... It's not a choice. It's not the same, right? Like, he's not going to be in that place where, you know, he's killing all the uber vamps and, like, the Hellmouth is coming down around him and be like, you know, maybe I will take this off and just uh, peace out with you there, buff, through the sunlight. How is he going to get out anyways, right? I mean, the same way he got in. This is fine. Yeah. With his coat in the the bus, probably. Yeah. So, so anyways, Spike does this not knowing (laughs) that he's going to come back somehow. Which makes it nice. Which makes makes it nice but then he still didn't really choose it to begin with so like is it that nice i don't know yeah it's very rushed uh-huh. no matter what you say about it yeah we can agree that it's very rushed we sure can buffy gets away as this giant sinkhole starts opening up she runs up to the roof in her high heels yep jumps rooftop to rooftop onto the bus the school bus that they brought to sunny d high to flee and the entire town of sunnydale collapses behind them which as far as tying up loose ends goes you know <laughs> they blew that, that up so we don't have to worry about that anymore sure and you know what all the people basically left so it's mostly fine well, anyone that didn't leave buffy kicked out of their house so that's true yeah she saved that man's life <laughs> Oh my god, show. What are you doing? They were like, you know what? Season three was great. Blow up the library. You know what would make it better? Blow the whole town up. So I don't hate this from the perspective of it really it really does sort of end it yep. in a way that they're going to have some sort of continuing journey, but like it's not to do with Sunnydale. The Chronicles right? of Sunnydale are at a close. Yeah, yeah. And did they have to literally blow the whole thing up to do that? Probably not. I don't dislike it though. I think no. that's fine. Yeah. Blow the but, entire fucking town up. Sure. Go for it. Yeah. Yeah, they let the Shit up. Yeah. Put the magic box up. When the yeah. sign falls down, yeah. <laughs> it's like the welcome to honey welcome to Sunnydale sign. Yeah. And it falls down into the hole. You're like, nice. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and I mean they, they make it out there. So they, they're in this bus that P Wood is driving. He's like mortally wounded. Yeah. And you're like, there's so many people here who are slayers that are not wounded. And like, sure, they're children. They can put their foot on the gas. Kennedy can drive. Right? She made it out for some reason. Ugh. <laughs> Fun fact, uh-huh. between season seven and like season eight, which is like the first season of the comics, Kennedy gets killed. <laughs> <laughs> Delightful. Uh, right? They couldn't even have her in the comics? Thumbs down. <laughs> 
Wow. It's the worst. People do not like Kennedy, I don't think. I'm just going to project. People hate Kennedy. (laughs) We get time for all the closure that the show will give us in the last... How long does it go? They get a solid three minutes of closure in here. Minutes 40 to 43, packed with closure. They had to spend all that time talking to Angel about cookies, you know? I appreciate the cookie speech. (laughs) I really do. So, All right, so Xander gets some closure Lovely. from Andrew when he's like, did you see Anya? Is she all right? And he's like, oh, she died protecting me, which is Not another true. lie that Andrew yeah. tells. But, you know, it's that's a kind lie. That being everything that we get for Anya and Xander just being like pretty OK with it. This is actually another reason people dislike Xander, because he's basically told that this person who he claims to still love has just died. He's briefly sad and then he's making jokes about them all yeah in like the next breath which is not the fault of nicholas brendan no it's not none of this is his fault he didn't write those words he didn't no and he has not been given enough time to do anything with it no and we were never blaming him no we hate the character of xander because of what the writers give him to do yeah yeah what bad closure just and like it's interesting too that they considered killing xander in dirty girls and didn't because they were afraid that the audience wouldn't, wouldn't have, have time to time. grieve yeah which really makes me feel like they their idea of the audience's emotional attachment to xander and the audience's emotional attachment to anya are Reversed. very different yeah. than like reality right yeah anya's so fun she got that great episode this season she what's was xander so been fun. doing yeah sorry and i mean she gets jost right yeah she's absolutely getting jost. well and truly jost she stayed this time because you know she's she's afraid of dying but she wants to do the right thing with the stupid humans because mm-hmm. that's what they do and as a result she gets killed <laughs> so that's how you get jost traditionally speaking but yeah to just have no time at all for anyone to even care a little bit right like no one else is like hey where's anya only xander is asking yeah. what <sighs> Faith and P would get some closure as well. I've called this hilarious prank. Now, okay. So P has been mortally wounded. Yeah. He's driving the bus. Sure. Makes it away from the sinkhole that is now Sunnydale. Yep. Collapses in his seat. Yeah. Having a bad time. Yeah. Mortally wounded and such. You know, he says a couple nice words to Faith. Seems to die. She reaches up to close his eyes. And then he's like, boo. Yeah, basically. <laughs> Which is pretty great. <laughs> I've seen multiple sources on the internet, and this makes me just question the entire apparatus of the internet. Oh, good. Refer to this as flirting (laughs) or this interaction as flirtatious. What? That's... And I think what's happening here is one person writes a thing on the internet and another person is like, that must have been what happened. Mm, Perhaps. They read it somewhere. They read it somewhere and it becomes true in their heads. Maybe we've just been doing flirting wrong our whole lives. (laughs) I should pretend to die more. Oh God, no. Michelle can't take it. The the trauma. I would never do that to Stu. (laughs) I won't do that. But yeah, it's uh, it's whatever. It's their closure. It's cute as these things go. It's nice. So apparently Joss couldn't decide. Yes. Like, yeah. Just had no idea whether or not P. P. Wood would would live or die. And on the day of shooting this scene, he was like, like, 
<laughs> uh, right now, I'm leaning more towards him living. Which is an interesting conundrum to have. I guess, what does he feel about this character that he doesn't know whether he wants him to live or die? I don't know. Not very much. I guess not very much. Yeah. 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 But he I mean, would lives. That's nice. Kind of a nice moment for Faith. I think there are comics where we have Faith and P-Wood. Oh, no, sorry. In the comics, at some point, Faith refers to the X. Mm. Like, about a year later. Okay, And yeah. there might be a couple things where they're, like, you know, wandering around kicking some ass. That makes sense. But yeah, Faith doesn't go in for long-term oh, relationships. I will mention that at one point when P-Wood and Giles are fighting uh, the Uber Vamps, P-Wood's sword gets, like, knocked out of his hand, and he, like, has two tiny knives up his sleeve, <laughs> and he's like, shing! And then he's like fighting with his tiny knives. And I'm just like, where have you been this whole season, this man? You are so great. Yeah. Yeah. Why isn't Xander more like uh, this? Why didn't Xander have a ninja training episode? Right? Like he's around Buffy training all the time. Just get in there, man. And that's most of our closure. We get one last scene where we get to see the surviving cast. I've called it farewell. You called it we did it feet nearly Canadian tuxedo. <laughs> so Featuring nearly Canadian tuxedo as... Is this on Dawn? What's happening? There's like, so Dawn is wearing jeans and she's wearing a shirt that isn't made of jean, but looks like it could be. It's also midriffy. It's dark blue. Faith has a jean jacket yeah, on and I believe some jeans. There's a lot of jeans around. Not leather know? pants for some reason. I don't know. They forgot how to dress Faith, I think. Yeah. That's all right. Willow's got her polka dot shirt. It's actually quite sparkly, which is hard mm. to capture. Nice. She's gone back to Norm Norm Willow. And yeah. yeah, Xander's just back there with his eye patch on. Quippin is face off now we can't go to the mall because we destroyed it yeah. uh-huh, we destroyed the mall I fought for the wrong side there's yeah. some reference to Cleveland with the other Hellmouth there yeah which is really only ever mes- mentioned in the wish yeah because yeah. that's where Buffy was in the wish first yep. yeah so so as as finales go blowing the whole town up uh-huh. and then having this sort of like this new adventure where like they're gonna need to go and find all these new slayers and help them and like how is the world gonna change and what are the possibilities and like look at all these women and they managed to empower like all that stuff I really like there's a lot to like about this episode however there's a lot to hate <laughs> yeah there's a lot wrong with it and a lot of things that they just didn't need to do and it just really kind of undercut the other things like I would rather see them have a smart plan that they it, that manages to work because they're strong but not a crazy plan that happens to work because like multiple things that shouldn't have gone their way do because it's dramatic yeah yeah I would rather them have an articulated plan going into this episode. And that's what I hate most fiercely about this finale is that even the finale tries to play coy about what their plan is. And I'm like, no, your cards are on the fucking table. Don't bring me back after the commercial. Don't cut away from Buffy being like, you have a choice to make. Now is not the time. You have 20 more minutes. Make it count. And it's the same, the exact same shit they pulled in Showtime, mm-hmm. where Buffy's like, I have a plan, but I'm saying it all in my mind. And then like five minutes later, we learn what the plan is. Because obviously we're going to have to learn very soon what the plan is. So what is it being added by waiting to tell us? Like, what's this structure about? I guess is really what the question is. Ah, now I'm mad. Yeah. 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 So that's a problem for sure. Yeah. And like, so when they fought Glory, mm-hmm. they had a smart plan yes glory was much stronger 
stronger than them. They knew they couldn't just run in there and fight her. They had multiple ways to like trick her, distract her. They got the Buffy bot, they got the Dagged Sphere, they got Xander with his wrecking ball. And then like ultimately they have Ben as the weak link. Yep. And I mean, they don't go into that episode telling us that plan. I think they do kind of the same thing. Well, no, I suppose in that one, they sort of have these elements and we're sort of shown, you know, Buffy's got her troll hammer. She has things that are going to somehow fit together, but then they just show us the plan as it happens. And they don't tell us what the plan is because they don't need to explain any part of it because it's pretty straightforward. And in this one, they do have to explain what Willow's doing because it's not necessarily going to be clear enough yep. just from, you know, Willow's holding the scythe. She goes all shiny and then like women start to stand up a little straighter. <laughs> a little girl playing baseball yeah. plays baseball a little better. A li- probably a lot better. A honestly. lot better. She's going pro. No, she's going to lose control of that bat and yeah. it's going to kill someone in the stands. Potent. Yeah, that's true. It'd be funny though. <laughs> Not for the dead person. <laughs> in the context of yeah. the show. But yeah, and they literally had no plan before this episode. Yeah, they didn't have a plan 15 minutes into this episode. Yeah, they didn't have a plan before they got this deus ex scythe yeah this deus ex amulet is more important yeah and it showed up in the last no it showed up this episode this episode yeah angel had it so it did show up in the last episode of angel which was before the episode where angel shows up sure so technically it showed up like three episodes (laughs) such garbage it's such a cop-out it's such a cop-out as you've said it's hard to end things yeah it doesn't need to be this hard that's true yeah no it's true and just some of the choices making the so many uber vamps be so weak Mm -hmm. it just instead of empowering them doesn't it kind of undercut it undercuts everything yeah yeah because it's like all these anya fucking killed two of them yeah like what no offense to anya but what her and andrew should be super dead that rocket launcher that they were shown to have this season Mm. in him oh yeah that really good episode that everyone really likes that (laughs) is definitely a better version of an episode that they already did yeah they did have a rocket launcher you're right that would have been great been great blow up a couple uber vamps and like xander and dawn kill some uber vamps by having like a ceiling trick, trap yeah which is fine That's i'm cool. a lot more on board for that giles and p wood should not be able to kill uber vamps in hand no 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 bringers sure yeah bring it on oh. uber vamps Thumbs why were they down. even let up the fucking staircase Ah, that is our episode, Michaela. Yeah. We've talked about whether or not we like it. We like parts of it. Yeah, I do like parts of it. And I really feel like they just went about a lot of things wrong. Like, I see what they were trying to do with this season. They were trying to make Buffy this isolated figure so that when she realizes that she can share her power, then, like, she's having this, like, epiphany moment and it's this great thing where she doesn't want to be this person that is better than everyone and cut off from everyone. And like she wants to give her power, which is great, but (laughs) the problem is that they did that for 21 episodes. Turns in turns her into a very unlikable person. And then this last episode, it's like Buffy's normal and good again, and like listening to Giles. And before she thought she was better than Giles, and none of us liked that about her. That was like three episodes ago. Right, those were so recently, and then she kicked a man out of his house. (laughs) Which I think we're more fixated on than most people. It's a good thing to be fixated on she steals a house house. 
fantastic stuff. Yeah. So as we've said, I think many times, the middle of this season, nothing happened. A lot of people hate it. Yeah. That's a one of the strongest reasons I saw across the entire internet mm-hmm. for people disliking this season. Yeah. Was that the middle third of it is trash. Because the beginning was good. Yeah. They did some good things. And then there were a bunch of very good episodes near the end. Mm-hmm. But they just got so lost in the middle. Oh boy. Unaccountably. Yeah. It doesn't make a lot of sense. Michaela, who won this episode? Oh no. Buffy? Probably. All of the women who yeah. turned into potentials? Yeah. All, tur- or all, all the potentials slayers? who became slayers. Oh, that's another thing that we've got to talk about soon. But like, the what is a potential if not someone who can turn into a slayer? Yeah. So why are there all of these women who can turn into slayers who were not potentials? What do you mean? They were potentials. Around the world. Yeah. What do you mean they were potentials? All the potentials were killed in this mass genocide except for the handful that they managed to gather. They were trying to kill all the potentials, but they didn't. I feel like that's reasonable. (laughs) I feel like you're reaching. They did everything that they could to find all of the potentials, didn't they? They did, but there's a lot of people in the world. I guess. And they showed like four potentials that weren't with Buffy that became Slayers. Okay. (laughs) They missed Baseball Girl. Okay. All right, yeah, it's fine then. All of those weird Istanbul, Germany scenes at the beginning were worth it. So So worth it. it. All right, so the winner is all of the girls who are now Slayers, is that Yeah, the... I think so. Their Feels lives right. are probably going to be a lot better now, you know. Maybe. I mean, Buffy's life seems to be worse for being a Slayer. That's true. <laughs> but they don't have the pressure that she did, Hopefully, I would say. Yeah. There's just that one other Hellmouth, maybe. Yeah. I, don't I feel know. like there are a bunch of Hellmouths. You'd, you'd hope. Right? Right? Either, then, because <laughs> the, otherwise it's just Cleveland and Sunnydale. And so now Cleveland's, it's going to be like, um, what's that geyser? Oh. Uh, old Faithful? Old Faithful, yeah. Did you want to call it Old Yeller? No, I was going for Yellowstone because that's the park where it is right yeah and like you know how they think that someday it's just gonna like explode yeah Yellowstone is a super volcano yeah super volcano yeah so that's what Cleveland's gonna turn into (laughs) because all of that like helm of energy is gonna be bottled up right yeah at the same spot it's real bad yeah you you need multiple places you gotta lift the pressure off you know yeah was there a best outfit from this episode oh Andrew wearing the uh little red riding hood cloak DM cloak (laughs) yeah for sure Michaela we don't have any Thing coming up next episode. Well, we kind of do, though. We have two things coming up next episode. Next episode slash the latter half of this episode is us talking about Buffy. Just some stuff. Some stuff that we're we not, need to get off our chest. We're not sure what the other I've person no is going to talk got. about. Yeah, I mean, so we can tell you, listeners, that our next plan. Uh, I think we should warn people about this <sighs> because they may want to watch this movie as well. What the fuck? They will not want to watch don't this watch movie. Don't watch this movie. What the fuck is it called? Skyline. Skyline. Okay, I'm gonna. Right. So we've, we're finished, Buffy. We made it. And we thought to ourselves, so we've, we've discussed how we're going to do Welcome to All Angel. I'm going to present Angel Seasons 1 to 4 to Dave so that he knows roughly what they're about. It's going to be a real quick sort of <laughs> zipping through them. That's fine. Mostly so we don't have to watch Angel Season 4. And then we're going to watch Angel Season 5, uh, which obviously is chronologically after this. Um, there's a bit of continuation because, you know, maybe Blake's going to show up yep. somehow. Who's to say? Oh, I mean, someone leaves a clottering lying around and bam there he is right basically <laughs> honestly yeah yeah but before we do that we thought to ourselves 
what would be the perfect thing for us to do? Would it be to watch the original Buffy the Vampire Slayer movie? No. No. No, no, no. no. Instead, we're going to watch a movie starring Eric Balfour, who plays Jesse in the first two episodes, two episodes of this show. Jesse, who we have been returning to for two and a half years. <laughs> He's in two episodes of this show. And he stars in a very bad science fiction movie, which has been praised for its effects. Strangely. But is like six years old? It's More? from 2010. Nine years old. This movie has a 4.4 out of 10 on IMDb. I'm going to read you the, the synopsis. So this is going to be, I guess, more of a, us telling you what this movie is about than anything. Because it's a special episode. Yeah. I, we don't expect you to watch it because we no. think it's going to be very bad. And I'm not sure what we're expecting to get out of it. We're just here for the Jesse, you know? Yeah. Strange lights descend on the city of Los Angeles. Oh my God. Can't it's set it in LA. I know, I know. Oh my God. This is so perfect. Such a bridge. <laughs> Drawing people outside like moths to a flame, where an extraterrestrial force threatens to swallow the entire human population off the face of the earth. 26 Metascore? It's very bad. And I think it had like 16% on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> Yep. Eric Balfour's character name is Jared. J-A-R-R-O-D. Oh no. <laughs> That's the worst way to spell that. Donald Faison is also in this movie, who plays oh, Turk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And David Zayas, Zayas, who plays Angel on Dexter. <laughs> yes! Yeah, yeah, yeah. You I keep forgetting him. that he's yeah. in it. <laughs> yeah, keep forgetting. I've learned that like three or four times. You keep forgetting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so we're, it's like $3 or something. $4. $4 well spent, I'd say. I think it's really long. Oh my God. It's such no, a bad No, it's idea. like 91 oh, minutes. Oh no, thank God. It's like 92 yeah. minutes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It's really short. It's really short. It just made it to feature film length. <laughs> uh, Looking forward to that. And then after that, we will have Angel Season 5. Yeah. It'll be good times. Yeah. Welcome to El Angel. Yeah. We'll see what that is. I don't think I'm going to do segments or social networks yeah, anymore. I yeah. I don't know. We'll talk about it. We'll figure it out. Figs it yeah. out. Yeah. I think that's about it for us. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I have anything else to say until whatever it is I'm going to say for the next God knows how long. If our listeners want to reach out, they can always do that via email beyondvenue.hellmouth at gmail.com This episode, all the pictures will be up on Facebook. A lot of great things there. If you want to reach out to us personally, you can't. We're not on social media. <laughs> it's all been a lie. <laughs> We've made it pretty clear, I think. Every single one of them has been a lie. No, that's not actually true. Oh. I'm on Steam. Oh, that's true. But you can't friend me, I don't think. No, no. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So there you go. The truth comes out. Yeah. Yeah. We love hearing from you. And we we'll talk to you via Facebook or something. Yeah. Via the comment section we're there. We're not great at it, though. Honestly. No, we're really not. We, we, we don't notice things for a couple weeks, yeah. usually. And then we're like, oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that was really good. Do you see that thing? Yeah. yeah. And then we, we do enjoy it. We like getting emails. Really like it. Yeah. yeah we're just really bad at responding to things. For sure. we're garbage people. Yeah. Yeah. And I believe for the final time. Oh, boy. Oh, well, now I'm sad. Now I'm really sad. Oh, no. <laughs> Farewell from, from the, the hell, hell mouth. mouth. <laughs> Go and have a wee. The second act gets considerably weirder. What did we do last time? Did we just start talking? Uh-huh. Yeah, all right. Good. Hi, this is us again. Yep. Here we go. It's still going. Woo! Well, it's gonna get late. You keep drinking. You. And <laughs> Me? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I had a lot of water, so that's it. <laughs> Everything's fine. Michaela, we have finished all of Buffy. Yeah. Thoughts? Comments? Criticisms? It's it's strangely anticlimactic, I guess. <laughs> Maybe because the end is, is anticlimactic. Yeah. But, right, because, like, think about season five. Think about that ending. How good that was. 
on the other hand, think about them getting lost on the way to that ending. They just get lost in the middle every fucking time. And it's this half-arc season bullshit. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, yeah. I fundamentally don't like the half-arc season. I don't like that they don't have a strong overarching plot line through the season. And I think it's bad that they take some time out and just be like, you know what? This one's not even for character development. This is just for for jokes. So I made some graphs mm-hmm. that I think maybe we can, will help us talk about this a bit. Excellent. They're labeled S1 through S7. Yeah. Now, using my keen deductive yeah. reasoning, I believe these are graphs of the quality or the average rating, IMDb rating. They're the IMDb rating. Of each episode in each season. Yeah. So we can see some like trend lines, hopefully. Yeah. Although they're pretty spiky because it's only 22 at most. Right. And so, yeah, season one in particular is very much like there's 12 episodes. They're sort of between a seven and a nine. <laughs> you can see where Angel is and you can see where Prophecy Girl is so easily on this. And this is actually what I like a lot about these is looking at it and like thinking, okay, I know what episode that is. Yeah. So I don't think the season one really tells us too much that we don't know. Season two has a hilarious... (laughs) Season two doesn't have a trend line to it. No. It is spiky like a stock might be. Yeah. Now, do you... That one in the middle, that real... Below seven. Yeah. Uh, Bad Eggs or Ted? It's Bad Eggs. Yeah. Ted is the next episode, and it's like a nine. (laughs) Episode 20. Go Fish? Oh, no. It is right before, isn't it? Yeah. So I have, I also have where I uh, got this from, but mm. yeah, that's just bananas because we have, uh, kill, we have I Only Have Eyes for You, yeah, which is a good episode. It's got like an 8.8, then Go Fish, and then Becoming <laughs> Part 1 and 2. I mean, in here at least, we really don't see that like the mid-season itself is particularly bad. Yeah. They're just bad moments. I would say generally is the latter half of the season rated higher than the beginning. So we, we're also seeing a couple things, which is that the first and last episode episodes of a season mm-hmm. are rated higher yeah just by dint of by, them being yeah. first and last which is not a good reason that's what happens though yeah what's uh what's episode three of season two <laughs> oh that's uh not band candy um it's spike and drusilla showing up oh and ao's there what's even happening what's that called i, I got it don't worry school hard school hard that's the one yes which is good times. Absolutely is fun times. Yeah. And the first episode of Spike is also going to be more inflated just because... People go back and This be is like, the first episode of Spike. 10 yeah. Spike is amazing. Exactly. Season three is hilarious. Season three. Oh, <laughs> holy shit. Okay. Season three. You had promised me would be a much more even season. Look at it. Look at... It's, it's trending up towards... Look at it. Except for there's one that's maybe not in the trend line. Wait, no. Was season three Bad Eggs and Ted? No, that's season two. That's season two? What's what? season three? What is this? What is that? Season three, episode 11? Yeah. Now, I will say, episode like 10, 11, 12 tends to be bad so far. Yeah. That's what we're noticing. Oh boy. I'm excited for whatever this is. It's gingerbread. Oh, gingerbread. (laughs) Oh my God. It's such a strong, like even season two spikiness. This is beautifully flat and trends upwards generally. It's such a trend upwards. Like, and then you just have this fucking gingerbread in the middle. Oh my God. It literally disrupts the rest of the season. I think you really didn't have the problem with gingerbread that other people did. Yeah. You didn't have that bad of a time with it. No. But the rest of the season is just so strong. As evidence by this you know that's crazy hilarious 
is. I mean, the scale of the graph changes so much if you take out gingerbread, right? Yeah. If that is occluded, then it becomes eight and up. Now, funny story. So season one, two, three, I'm going along and I'm like, okay, I'll cut it off at six. Right. And then I get to season four. Oh, we reach down to five. <laughs> I can no longer cut it off at six because I'd be missing three episodes. <laughs> oh my God. Three episodes of season four dip below the 6.0 mark So the on first IMDb. one is obviously Beer Bad. Yep. Which is a 5.1. Goodbye, Iowa. Yes! 5.9. <laughs> You're vindication. so vindicated. And then Superstar is oh. a 5.8. Lil J doesn't deserve it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if you... Uh, it's hard, but you can, like, take those out generally. <laughs> What's just before Goodbye Ola? So the one right before Goodbye Ola kind of leads into it. Yeah. The Iron Team. That's the one, yeah. Right? Where it's just more initiative bullshit. Right. And, yeah, like, Maggie Walsh betrays Buffy at the end of the Iron Team. So if you take out four episodes from this season... It's fucking It's solid. a consistent season. I don't know that we agree. I wouldn't agree. I think the middle slumps much more than is shown in this graph. Yeah. So, because we have... And it's just more forgettable. Like, we have Hush as our, like, season episode 10 right mm. and then usually we come back at episode 11 doomed is the one where they're trying to end the world by jumping in the hell mouth yeah a new man i mean it's fun giles wacky right. ethan which is always good and then we have the iron team goodbye Oa. but then we have this year's girl and who are you yes which have like nothing really to do with the rest of the season but are just so fun they're very good yeah yeah that's commas don't last forever <laughs> Commas didn't even last that long. Like a couple months, six months. Yeah, yeah that's not too bad. Superstar, where the wild things are. <laughs> New Moon Rising, the Yoko Factor. Holy crap, how are those rated so highly? The Yoko Factor is 8.7. It shouldn't be. No. And, and Primeval also is... That's like the season finale yeah. before Restless. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I don't know what's going on there. The, yeah. No, 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 no. A lot of this is wrong. Also, like, they just don't... They forget about Giles and Xander in such Entirely. a big way. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. It's happening in season five. Rough. Season five. Okay. We're back to the, the six being our baseline, right? Yeah. I think one Barely. of them may, might dip a li little bit below. <laughs> Let me see. No, it's exactly a six. 6.0? Yeah. <laughs> so I didn't go down to five. Season five is rocky. And you know what? Thinking back, yeah. Yeah. Season five has some really forgettable episodes. And yeah, we see this like eight, nine, ten, eleven. Uh, and nine, ten, eleven are especially just this line that goes from six to seven. <laughs> So it's like six, six and a half, seven. Yeah. And yeah, what the fuck are they doing? Yeah. Episode two is Real Me, which people hate because it's so Dawn focused. Right. And then, yeah, we have Shadow listening to fear into oh, the man. woods. <laughs> oh, and that's our final, our like penultimate three. Yeah. Or not penultimate three, but, like, but yeah. But like mid-season break. Oh, yes, yeah. right. Listening then, to fear is that is that six. Right. Yeah. Uh, this, this end of the season here, yeah. just before the last episode... <laughs> I mean, we've got three that are hovering at like seven, seven point three, and seven again. Because it's fucking. It's the cobs attacking tough the. Tough love spiral the way of the world. Oh man, yes, yeah. spiral is. Spiral is comma? when they is when they go no, into the desert. Yeah, yeah. And then way of the world is when Buffy's inert. Yeah, and tough love I think is when. Um, is that yeah yeah that's when Terry gets brain sucked yeah because and it's funny that like so there's those three right before that is intervention where Spike has a sex robot of Buffy and it's like so much better than those other episodes which is insane how it's is insane. that true it's true yeah yeah Rocky season oh god checkpoint has an eight point seven. <laughs> 
Uh, okay, I know what checkpoint is at this point. I know yeah. that it's the, the council coming to Sunny D and deter- Buffy. Yeah, determining Buffy is not like fit to accept their help in I, saving the I world. I don't know what as they're they, doing. Their there. job is to help her. Yeah. yeah. What? Yeah. Anyway, I know it's not Graham and Riley running around the woods as much as I want it to be. Season six, I had to go back down to five <laughs> because a lot of it uh, is really hovering. Two episodes dip below the 6.0 mark. Yeah. yeah. Season six is a rough episode at, with once more with feeling yeah, and tabula and rasa. Right together. Right together. Just poking up there. <laughs> we call that sharking yeah. in uh, in the computer business oh. when you're like, when your performance graphs do this, that's a shark. <laughs> and it's something that you want to know why it happened. Right. Because you're like, huh. Like we don't want sharks to happen. In this case, you still don't. Because no. it means that your baseline is so much lower. It's really bad. Yeah. So these two that are below six are Double Me Palace, which again, we've discussed why everyone hates that more than we do. Right. And As You Were, which is the episode where Riley comes back, which we was had fun with. terrible. Oh, it was awful. It was a bad it time. It was so terrible. You're just like, this is why he left. Because he's the worst. <laughs> the old Sunnydale Dan. <laughs> yeah. And like his fucking wife. Oh my yeah. God. <laughs> Madame Cardboard. And she's constantly talking about it took so long right. for him to do They've this. They've known each other for like six months. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And this season doesn't have this thing at the end where it just like spikes up. That's true. Because yeah. Because people don't like the Dark Willow ending, I think. That's fair. Yeah. 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 Oh, so, I mean, post Tabula Rasa, you just see all of this like magic as drugs bullshit hovering just below seven, right? Invisibuffy's in there. Oh my God. Invisibuffy. I think episode 16 looks like it's a little bit higher. It's Hell's Bells. Yeah. Because that is a good episode. A lot of people hate it, but yeah. IMDb seems to like it. I really like it. I think it. we had a good time because it's a better done episode than a lot of the ones it around it. It really is. And I think people just dislike it on the premise that, you know, Anya gets left at the altar. Sure. But that's not a good reason to dislike it as like an episode of television. Correct. You can dislike the things that happen and like the way the characters behave. But I think rating it poorly doesn't, doesn't reflect that. Yeah. But yeah, this is, it's, Oh, so sharky. This is a really weird thing. I didn't have a specific note about this, but going into this show, I had a preconception that they would figure things out at some right, point right and they do mm. it's in season three yeah oh fuck they had things figured out they they figure it out hard and then they stumble and it takes them four years to not get up yeah they just sort of roll along they the ground. flop around yeah. on the ground <laughs> and like season six because season four they're like oh fuck what do we do season five they they occasionally <sighs> get it in season five season four they're busy planning season five yeah a lot of the time that's true right that is very true. Season five, they're busy planning the end of season five, like the last episode mm-hmm. and specific things with Dawn. Yeah. Too much to actually plot out every episode. Yeah. So it gets lost a lot of the time. Season six, they've changed networks. They don't know what's going on anymore. And they're also like, oh, we killed her. Hmm. Maybe that was a bad idea. Well, we got to have this whole resolution of her being sad. Otherwise, it robs that of all its impact. Yeah. But then that doesn't turn it into a fun show anymore. Yeah. And then Dark Willow. Fuck. Oh my god, I'm so happy to be done with that. Just, oh. 
Dark Willow is fine. Yeah, but... Drug Willow. Drug Willow, yeah. Oh, boy. Uh, I do wish there was more rack in this show. You're right. <laughs> Season seven. Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that seems about right. You can see the mid-season garbage in this graph. You really can. And the early season rockiness. Where there are some good ones. So this very, like this M, there's a big old M There is there. a big M. Now, the center of that M is him. Yeah. Yeah. And the surrounding episodes are selfless. The yes, Anya, Anya episode, yeah. which is phenomenal. And conversations with dead people. <laughs> <laughs> And right in the middle, there's Buffy maybe fucking a minor. <laughs> Probably not. We're not sure. I think there are grounds to prosecute. I think so. Yeah. A lot of people saw her. Yeah. Yeah. That's... And then the end, they're like, okay, what? what's the real dip at the end there? What did we really Empty hate? places. Oh, good. Yes. What happened in that? Empty places is where Buffy gets kicked out of her house. But oh, the reason that right. it's downvoted yeah. is because people don't think that that was justified. Yeah. They, they feel bad for Buffy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because we've got... So Storyteller has a 7.2 in IMDb, which is insane. Fantastic. Oh, 7.2. Yeah. What, what the fuck? Oh, that's... 16. Shh. Yeah, which is insane. And then there's Lies My Parents Told Me, which is great. It's mm -hmm. a P-Wood mom-off. Yeah, I mean, Mom Trubs is, is very good. Yeah. I like it a lot because I think it, like, the parallels that it draws between Spike and P-Wood and, like, how they're sort of having similar issues and dealing with them so differently. Mm -hmm. And, like, oh, man, that fucking poem that Spike's, <laughs> that William writes. I love when they give Spike different things to do like yes. that. Because I think he's... He's a great actor. Yeah, there are three spikes in that yeah. episode, and, and they're, they're all so well done. And they're so distinct. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, uh, and then we got Dirty Girls, mm -hmm. which obviously is very fun. So, After Empty Places is three episodes that are very highly rated on IMDb. Like, look at them. Look at them all yeah. up there around nine. It's insane. It's touched end of days and chosen. I don't know what happens in any of those. And one spike gives a nice speech, and that's why people like it. Yeah. But, like, nothing else happens. Yeah, that's not oh, touched, is it? Touched is Buffy stealing a house. Yeah, yeah. That's what yeah. I've got in the brain pan. No, it has to be right, because in empty places they kick her out. They touch, oh, no, yeah. Yeah, she steals a house. Oh, that's definitely that one. What I'm just saying, in... like, that's the that's all of it that I know. What happens at end of days? I don't even... We watched it a week ago, and I couldn't tell you. Oh, you know what? It's when she goes and finds the scythe from that woman. The and then, guardians like, everyone's, are introduced. Everyone's in the crypt. Just like it's a crypt party. And Caleb's invited, and Spike's lurking it up, and Angel's sneaking on in there. And you're like... This is not a large place. <laughs> it's so Egyptian. <laughs> right, it's a tomb. It's more of a tomb. It's a pyramid. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I just feel like you look at season three and <laughs> they had clearly figured it out. Yeah. And I get that things fell apart when everyone went to college, which is definitely a problem that high school shows have. <laughs> Super hard, yeah. And like something like Riverdale, they've been doing like half a year of high school per season because they, they don't they want don't to leave. They don't want to get there, yeah. Because they're going to be fucked with, yeah. when they get to that point. Unless they just, I, I mean, I don't know. I guess you just create a college in Sunnydale and then everyone goes there and it's fine. But it just, but it's not, not everyone goes the there. Same. Xander doesn't go exactly. there because he's not college material. Yeah. And then you never learn what material he is. Construction. Yes. He yeah. owns a construction company. He's very successful. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Michaela, do you want to talk about rules real quick? Oh yeah, I think you definitely do. <laughs> 
we talked about this earlier in the episode. Turrican are set up as big bads, then dispatch, dispatched by fresh slayers, which robs a lot of the impact away from thing. Um, the first is evil. It's not destroyed in the end of season seven. Correct. Its plans are set back in as far as it wanted to free a bunch of Turrican. Yeah, for the purposes of it becoming flesh, it's going to have a harder time doing that now. Especially now that there are so many slayers. Yeah. But it still exists because evil still exists. And slayers still can't punch it. Which is the main thing that they do. It is a highly distributed network of independent cells. Mm-hmm. As are the slayers. Yeah. But the slayers aren't good at tracking things down. No. Surprisingly bad. The slayers wait for things to come to them. Yeah. The first is fine. So the thing is, the first has always been around. Yeah. And it's just the <laughs> mystical mumbo jumbo that Buffy getting severed from the Slayer line in a mystical death has caused it to resurface or some bullshit. So yeah, it's never really explained why now and never before as the first trying to do this. And I mean, there is this idea of like the scales being unbalanced. And I mean, you know, if you want to bring balance to the force, there's a lot of Jedi around. <laughs> well, guess what that means, guys? Yeah, it doesn't mean that you destroy the Sith. That's for damn that the sure. younglings are fucked. <laughs> But this is the other thing. Like, Buffy, you know, being reconnected, who cares, to the Slayer line, messed things up enough so that the first can, like, make this move. And now they're like, you know what we should do? Mess the Slayer up, mess the Slayer line up more. Yeah, by making everyone Slayers. The powers that be, <laughs> which have never been mentioned. In this show. In no. this show. Can't like that. No, because that's going to really tip the scales the other way. Yeah. Just just like you might imagine that if the first had succeeded and made itself corporeal or whatever. It would like, have fallen. Right? That's going to... But, you know, it, it lasts for some amount of time. The first gets to have its fun. Yeah. And then it goes back to... Because evil is never going to be permanently destroyed. Right? Like, that's not going to happen. That would be a fun TV show. You know, evil is incarnate. <laughs> it destroys the world. It's sort of a dystopia thing. Yeah. But wherever it isn't, like, is pretty good. Yeah. And then, like, you've got the rise of the next evil, right? Which, and that that journey is going from corporeal to infinite. <laughs> which is what the first just tried to do in reverse. Yeah. For whatever reason. Because, yeah, people can punch you once you're corporeal, right? Yeah. Like, it doesn't make a lot of sense. Yeah. It's funny that you bring up the powers that be. Did you see anything in uh, your reading about something they wanted to do at the end that they decided they couldn't make it work. No. They um they decided they had this idea that Buffy was going to get one wish from the powers that be. Right. And, I did hear a little bit about this. And that she would wish for Tara to be alive again. Yeah. Which like is just so crazy on so many levels. Why is that her wish, right? Why? And then there was going to be a joke where she walks in with new shoes. Yeah. And she's like, Willow, look at my new shoes. Yeah. And Willow's like, you used your wish on that. Huh. And she's like, haha, joke, steps aside and there's Tara. Yeah. Which would have been impactful. I guess. But at the same time, <laughs> wouldn't you just be like, you have one wish? Which is why they didn't do it. And they couldn't get Amber Benson, I think. Yeah. And yeah. For all sorts of reasons. But like, even to have that. Like, to entertain that seriously? And to entertain this idea that like Buffy gets a wish? Why? Because she saved the world? She's done it like a million times. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, that's very strange. And yeah, that's like the powers that be rewarding her for fucking things up more. Right? Right? Yeah. No. Because we get right down to it. What she's done is probably bad. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like temporary. It's a band-aid. 
grade that's gonna it throws things completely out of whack yeah yeah things are unwhacked Uh, What else do you have, Michaela? I have something that'll make you mad. Okay. Let's let's do that. Sure. So a while ago, I was on, I don't know, Reddit or something. And I I saw this thread that linked to a YouTube video. The YouTube video is called In Defense of Scott Hope. And it's 17 minutes long. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) So I watched it. (laughs) Isn't that all of Scott Hope's material on Buffy? Was he even in 17 minutes? You're as mad as I anticipated, so that's great. Oh my god, why? (laughs) I had forgotten about him again. I have nothing here that says Scott or Hope. Mm -hmm. Nothing. So I'll read you my notes I made on this video. Fuck. So the defense here, this person was trying to prove that Scott Hope was Buffy's best boyfriend. Okay. And... I don't think that, like, I came away from it in any way thinking that our problems with Scott Hope are wrong. But I think that there is an argument that he is the best boyfriend that Buffy ever had. Yeah. Yeah. And that was more what the video was focused on. Okay. And so, like, initially it was sort of like, okay, well, what are people's problems with Scott Hope? And their pro- people's problems with Scott Hope are that he's boring. Yes. That he dumped Buffy. Which sure. is not a reasonable problem. She was so shitty to him consistently. Yes. And that he spread this rumor that Buffy was gay. Hilarious. Which is just funny yeah mostly and i mean was told to her it has no effect on her life at at all all. and was told to her by like a vampire yeah so it really has no bearing on anything yeah and so like most of the 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 arguments in defense of scott hope were that like if you look at the things that other people did to buffy scott hope didn't do anything bad to buffy he just he shows up he's interested in her he's a doormat he is a doormat but i mean at the same time he's like oh hey buffy do you want to hang out or like dance with me and she's like oh not really he's like all right let me know and like that's great for him to just accept the rejection like that and be like let me know if you change your mind and not get mad for sure like when and this was a good point and this just makes me hate xander more actually (laughs) but like there's like a kind of a parallel between when xander gives buffy jewelry with like these expectations attached to it right yes and like scott hope gives buffy jewelry and he's like oh hey if you still if you want to just be friends that's cool yeah right like scott hope's like a much more mature young person than anyone else in that high school that's true (laughs) I don't hate the premise of the video from that angle. Yeah. I hate the premise of it because it remembers Scott Hope. Right. And that's a crime in and of itself. (laughs) Scott Hope never uh, did anything abusive to Buffy. He never cheated on Buffy with like vampire crack whores that were (gasps) sort of drugs. But I'm not really sure. (laughs) Pre-magic as drugs. This was what they had as drugs. This was like Riley being bitten because it was like drugs. Except he was the drugs. It was like adrenaline. Yeah. I I don't know. I'm not sure who got what out of that. He was needed by them. I think he was paying for it though. But like they were eating him. I don't know. Anyway, Scott Hope never did that. (laughs) You're right. You're very right. But it, it more highlights what's wrong with the rest of Buffy's relationships. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. That that's the best thing she's got going for Scott her. Scott Hope never killed any one of her teachers. Right? Scott Hope didn't compare her to a toilet seat, which Parker Abrams did. Yeah. Which is, I mean, he's meant to be. He's the worst. An clearly. absolute piece of shit. Yeah. And like, that's why he exists. So that Buffy has this, I mean, again, another horrible sexual experience. Which right? doesn't deserve that. No. Yeah. Yeah. 
The vilification of sex in yeah. Buffy the Vampire Slayer oh. deserves some mention. That's true. Yeah. Because, so, I mean, when it happens in Innocence, because that's the first time that it yep. happens, it's supposed to be a metaphor for, like, the thing that young women are afraid will happen. Yes. Right? It's like, you know, you've got this boyfriend. Maybe he's a bit older. <laughs> and you think, oh, he really loves me. And then you have sex with him and he turns into a completely different person who basically, like, throws you away. Yeah, kills so, you. Teacher, that sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, that sort of thing. So <laughs> puts a bunch of fish on a string. I'm not sure that that particular example is saying that, like, this is what will happen when you have sex. It's just, like, this is a thing that does happen, and, like, it happening to Buffy in this sort of mystical way is just the way to show, like, this sucks. Mm-hmm. Willow and Oz finally have sex and nothing bad happens to them. True. Xander and Cordelia are fine. Yep. Xander and Anya are fine. Yeah. But it's mostly, but Buffy. Buffy's sex is cursed. Yeah. Yeah. And it's treated as something to be mysterious. And this is mostly a problem because Buffy is a stand-in for much of the demographic that the show Mm -hmm. is targeting itself to. Yeah. So, like, peripheral people can have sex and that's fine. Yeah, but but Buffy... Buffy doing it is mysterious Mm -hmm. and dangerous and bad. Yeah. And when she does it with Spike, it's for all the wrong reasons. Yeah. But it's still bad. I was gonna say that there are no situations where her having sex with Riley is bad, but then I remembered that house sex episode. Yeah. Which is, like literally just about that it very much so yeah yeah but yeah why buffy and not the rest of them i mean xander you know he has sex with faith and that does not go great for him true yeah but that's played entirely for laughs right um because it's in the zeppo so initially it's fine right i guess the first time it's fine but then when he tries to like make a connection with faith on the basis of that it Mm. goes poor that's when it goes badly right but that's more to do with faith being unable to connect to anyone yeah and like her treating sex this way that is really unhealthy and like it's just her using people even in the finale them being so coy about whether or not spike and buffy had sex Mm -hmm. and it's intentionally left ambiguous ambiguous it is yeah like to To what end it serves to mystify or create an air of mystery around sex that isn't helpful to the show yeah and i mean once angel is back and good again like he and buffy literally cannot ever have sex yeah because if they do he will lose his soul yeah (laughs) yeah yeah and what does it say that buffy is this powerful figure that is not allowed to have sex basically Hmm. which transitions into my notes about soulmates oh yeah oh good the very idea of soulmates yeah uh, a lot of the defenses of buffy's character especially in later seasons or yeah. in earlier seasons when she's talking about angel you know he's back she's hiding this from everyone yeah he's done bad things she doesn't want to face up face any of them yeah a lot of the defenses i've seen online are like well they're soulmates <laughs> or well it was true love and if you go into this show without believing in either of those things and I actively believe that those are harmful. They are. Harmful concepts on the base of them. Yeah. This show becomes much less good. But again, they only really do it to Buffy. Only to Buffy, yes. Yeah. Like, there's no idea that Oz and Willow are soulmates. or that Anya and Xander are not soulmates. No. They have a complicated relationship surrounding the concept of love that is much more realistic. It's like, do you love me? And honestly, the answer is often like, I don't know. <laughs> 
right? Like, yeah. love is an emotion that lasts for about three years <laughs> and then is a process a lot of the time. Yeah, gotta work on things. And it's also an emotion that, you know, surfaces and waxes and wanes. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But it's not this constant, like, true love is a harmful concept. This idea that you're gonna be in this, like, head over heels phase. Forever. Forever. Which sounds frankly exhausting. That sounds awful. Oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And again, it really is just Buffy, you know, Buffy is with Angel because Angel's her soulmate. And then Angel has to leave because he gets his own show. Mm-hmm. So we're, it's like, oh, we better throw that whole soulmate thing out the door. Right. Right? Like, but we never should have brought it up if we were going to get rid of it. And then they're using it to justify the idea that this like 200 and whatever year old vampire is with a 16-year-old girl, which is really so worrying. Just, yeah. Just seemed so normal when I was a youth. And then that worries me. For me, you know? Yep. It does make me worried about me a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then I think to myself, no, I turned out just fine. <laughs> Everything's great. Sorry, I shouldn't have snickered. You did. (laughs) You've turned out quite well. It's harder to buy that you actually believe that now. Because... snickered, yeah. Because it was later. I should have done it first. I'll I'll edit it to make it seem better. Yeah. No, no, no. Everything's (laughs) great. Everything's fine. Yeah. So, yeah. That's... uh, I mean, when they... When they're saying that, like, Angel and Buffy are soulmates, Buffy's a teenager. And, like, that's the kind of thing that, like, teenage girls want to hear. Yeah. Right? They are targeting their demographic. It's romantic. Yes. This idea that there's this person you're meant to be with. And, like, you'll be able to make it through any thing together but of course it's incredibly harmful because if you go into something just assuming that like the universe will keep you together then of course you're not nothing's gonna work if it's meant to be yeah. it's meant to be no things take work no you you have to work at it <laughs> You have to be willing to put yourself out there and to make progress with your own identity. Right, and have conversations and say, hey, you know, there's this thing that I'm trying to work on and, like, it's similar to this thing that I've noticed in you, so, like, maybe we can work on these things together. I've got this hang-up. Like, yeah. I know about that and I'm sorry because it made me act like this, which must have been bad for you. Yeah, but, like, I'm aware of it, which is the first step to me attempting to fix it. And, like, changing is hard. Yes. Right? It's really hard to, especially if there are things you're doing that you're not even aware that you do. To change those things is like, it's very difficult. But if you're a soulmate, you don't have to change. Right. And that's the other problem is there's a lot of just like, the sense is, well, this is who I am. You know? (laughs) Yeah. And like, this is it. So if you don't like this, then you better get out of here. And no, (laughs) that's not... Yeah. So yeah, it's a damaging concept. Absolutely. But again, it's only replied to Buffy. Do you have uh, other things that you want to talk about? It's a good question. Have we talked enough about bisexual erasure? <laughs> we talked so much about it. I feel like we have. I think, I think, I think we, we covered have. that. It's yeah. really damaging though. Yeah. On this whole theme. <laughs> yeah. Just the, like the idea that this progressive show is still just afraid of bisexuals. You know, like they're like lesbians. Great. Yes. Love lesbians. But Willow is absolutely 100 OP lesbian and always has been because that's how these things work. 
no such thing as bisexuals. Nope. <laughs> I mean, they can't even be mystical creatures because they could exist then in the yeah. mouth, yeah. right? They're just nothing. We're not even going to bring them up. Yeah. And I don't know. I don't know why that's so much harder for people to accept. Why there's like this extra step where, you know, people on TV can be gay or they can be straight. People had heard about gay people. People don't want to hear People about hadn't heard about bisexual. It's not didn't want to hear, right? Yeah. It's that makes the world more complicated. That's true. They've accepted a certain amount of complication, which is that there are two genders and those genders can have all four, uh, you know, two. <laughs> sexual yeah yeah it's really just two whatever yeah sexual orientations yeah uh and they're like okay that was hard to get over and in the 90s that was hard to get over yeah and yeah. then they're like it's not actually two and people are like you mean it's three and then people are like no it's not actually three it's more of this spectrum <laughs> and that's where people lose patience they get mad they don't want to hear about it yeah it's too much new stuff and it destabilizes something that they thought was established yeah. which is funny because i mean like, you know, the Kinsey scale has existed since, like, the 60s. Oh, listen. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, people knew. <laughs> It takes a while for these things to, to enter down. the mainstream. Yeah. Honestly, I just wait for the day when there's some sort of gay character in a Disney movie. Yes. Because we're going to get there. Eventually. We will. And that's, for some reason, that is like the pinnacle. I guess. That just, yeah. Okay. This is just really sinking in. But that's not a thing that right? we can have. Yeah. Yeah. And there, like, there was outcry when in the live action Beauty and the Beast, Josh Gad, uh, who plays uh, LeFou. LeFou, briefly dances with a man. Uh, like, at the very, very end. Because, I mean, LeFou is pretty, pretty in love with Gaston. <laughs> like, it's very clear. Yeah. But, you know, it's never overt to an extent where they, like, say it. Sure. But, yeah, he dances with a man for, like, three seconds in the final big dance scene. And there was, like, a an uproar in certain communities, obviously. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that that's all you can do is do, like, the by parts. Do the trickle, right? <laughs> Where just you're like, okay, put a little bit in and then see what happens. And then we'll put a little bit more. And eventually, Elsa will be a lesbian. <laughs> because that's already a thing the internet wants. <laughs> yeah. But I don't know. Like, uh, kids don't care. Yeah. Kids don't give a shit. These movies are also not just made for kids though, right? It's true. Yeah. I suppose they're made for everyone. Yeah. Who's your who's your favorite baddie? Adam. <laughs> Delightful. <laughs> Probably Evil Angel. Uh, possibly Glory. Glory needed more things to do. Yeah, that's true. The mayor was great. Yeah. I think Glory wins out over the mayor because I've got a lot of headcanon about what Glory is. Right. And how she would have acted in various scenes that she never got. That she never got to do. Plus, she's got those minions. She's got the minions. The minions are tops. Yeah, they're fantastic. Uh, I think Evil Angel is great because because you have the contrast. Like, usually when you have a villain, it's just like, here they are, they're a villain. And I mean, that's why the mayor is great, because he is this great mayor mm -hmm. who just also happens to want to be a giant snake. But it's fine, you know? He's going to do his best for Sunnydale until then. And then do his best to be a giant snake. Yeah, he just wants to be his best. But yeah, so to have Angel be there, have his tiny fucking twigs, you know? Yeah. And he's just like, oh, Buffy, I'm so tortured and I love you 
so much. And then he's just like, I'm the worst now. <laughs> the contrast is so good because he's, oh. Was it in a recent episode? Was it in the finale that there's a reference to, oh yes, uh, Buff, either Buffy or Spike makes reference to like, what's your favorite angel moment? Mm. The one where we broke up or the one where I killed you. It's Buffy saying yeah, that. Yeah, 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 in the yeah, final yeah, yeah. episode. Yeah. And I'm like, what do you mean the one where we <laughs> broke up? Were you not fucking paying attention? Because I was. I was doing my goddamnedest. And I saw it happen. Yeah. I saw it happen all the fucking time. Don't fucking tell me that (laughs) the time we broke up. Bullshit. And it's tough because, you know, they end season two. Buffy kills Angel. Super sad. She makes makes this sacrifice. Blah, blah. (laughs) And then in season three, there are all these other interesting things happening. And like, we don't need old lurky pants just like doing his fucking shirtless Tai Chi at the mansion. <laughs> like so many things about that, right? Yeah. The mansion, first of all. Yeah. And then shirtless Tai Chi. So shirtless. Which is a lot, a lot of time. Yeah. There's a lot of, yeah. When Buffy made that uh, comment this episode about Angel and Spike wrestling and there being oil involved, I was like, a lot of fans would watch this. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely they would. Very into it. <laughs> But yeah, just like, I guess they had to bring Angel back because they, they knew they wanted to give him a spinoff. And, but they can't do that if he's in like a hell dimension. <laughs> so they have to have him hang around for a bit, I guess. Have to have him in dreams for two or three episodes. You gotta get paid, man. Show up out of nowhere yeah. in another episode. Don't you love how explained that was? Hang around for a bunch more time. I mean, they can't have him go off and get on a different show, right? No. They, they need to, like, lock him in, I assume, is probably what they were thinking. Speaking of how explained that was, <laughs> and we don't need to go into how explained or not Angel's return was. Yeah. There's something from season seven that I was recently thinking about. Conversations with dead people. Right. Don has this whole thing. Yeah. There's, like, a lot of physical stuff happening. Yeah. That's, like, not what the first is about. No, no. Question mark what was involved there. I've seen some fan theories that it was, like, a poltergeist under the influence of the first or some bullshit. I don't really care. Don gets told she won't choose you. Mm-hmm. Don in seasons six and seven has no impact. Correct. And several times they try to set something up where she might have impact. Mm-hmm. And then they forget. Yeah, because they forgot about that. Absolutely. Yeah. It was meant to sow uncertainty and... It gets like brought up half a time when yeah, Willow comes yeah. home and is comforting Don. Yeah. Yeah. In the next episode even. That's true. Yeah. And it's meant to be just like the first fucking with everyone. Sure. Fucking with Dawn. But it never, it doesn't ever come up. No. I mean, maybe you could argue that like when Dawn finally, you know, throws Buffy out, maybe it's all been building from that where she feels like she's not part of the, the group. There are so many valid reasons for yeah. Buffy or for Dawn to throw Buffy out that it doesn't need so many valid reasons. Conversations with dead people to make no. that happen. No. It was spooky though. It was spooky. Spook em ups. Good. Like what? Spook em up times. Mikhail, I'd like to run through something very special to me. Oh, good. We make this podcast, as I'm sure you're aware. Oh. Called Welcome to the Hellmouth. Sure. I've got files for each of our episodes. Mm-hmm. There's like one for me. You've got the stuff for you. I've got the stuff for both of us. Right. I've got the MP3 that finally comes out of yeah. it. But we've got like these recurring bits, like the the opening theme, the closing theme. Right. Those need to live somewhere. Right. They live 
in WTTH underscore general underscore clips. Yeah. Which is an audacity project. And I'd like to go through what we have in there <laughs> for old time's sake. Delight. That's a delight. Yeah. Okay. So opening theme, closing theme. That's fine. Something that I used a bunch early on and uh-huh. have fallen off of is what I have titled the commentage. Come on! Come on! Come on! Come on! <laughs> And this is various bits of Job from Arrested oh, Development come going, on. come on! <laughs> I think there's three of them in total. Oh, that's good. Maybe four. Yeah. Uh, he's a what? Got a lot of play, oh, obviously. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's a what? He's a what? He's a what? He's a what? He was what? It's a what? He's a music man. Uh, a lot of that was intentional. Um, what even is this? Oh, I want your abs. Oh. From my crazy yeah. ex-girlfriend. I want Got some play whenever we were talking about someone being very attractive early Or like having sick abs. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because Cordy had amazing abs. All the time, yeah. Again, we, I at some point stopped remembering that we used that for talking about how attractive people right. looked. that's fine. And it actually got supplanted by Red Alert, which oh, yeah. comes up a little bit later. Yeah. Um, oh, a lot later, it turns out. Oh, man. Red Alert's way down there. Who knows? Who knew? Uh, right. I want your abs... <laughs> For the episode titled Surprise, I used the Doke's Surprise Motherfucker (laughs) liberally. Surprise, motherfucker. I mean, you can use it again, because I did say Surprise Motherfucker in this one, so. (laughs) It's true. Uh, My name is Judge. that's coming up soon my name is judge there it is whenever uh, we were talking about the judge about j2 Afkatla, <laughs> is that his name i think so yeah kathla kathla it's something like that yeah anyway he was j2 and we talked about him using <laughs> my name is judge uh what is, what is this <laughs> oh god <laughs> from archer we have Cheryl saying, just like the gypsy woman said. <laughs> just like the gypsy woman said. Which was very relevant for a surprising for so number of long. seasons of this television oh, show. So many gypsies. Which tried to be pretty progressive, but whiffed it on the subject of minorities. It, it sure did. Oh, asking P. Wood about his time in the hood. Carlos Trejo. Oh, Carlos Trejo. Yeah, the uh, the first episode of of Angel, I I read pretty extensively, and it mentions gypsies. So of course it does. Of course it does. Yeah. And how Irish Angel is also it's relevant. <laughs> the old Irish accent <laughs> from jolly old Ireland. Okay. I've got the Adams family. That was a good one for any time Spike and Drew were chilling. Uh, And then Angel showed up, Mm. and sometimes he was there. Yeah. Uh, Mom's spaghetti. (laughs) His palm's spaghetti. Knees weak, arm's spaghetti. Which apparently I used a few times. Oh, yeah. Yeah, who knew? Uh, (laughs) I've just got booing as a sound effect (laughs) that I thought I would need several times. I think I may have only used it once. Uh, We've got Red Alert. Lil J used to be introduced with a what okay. Okay! (laughs) Oh, Lil J. Don't copy that floppy. Don't copy that floppy! (laughs) Oh, boy. Which is deep season four. Man, floppy's got a lot of of play in this show. A lot of play in this show. Yeah. Especially with Adam. Adam was the, yeah, so tasty. (laughs) 
shit. That's what I should have made. Should have brought floppy disk cookies. Cookies. What yes. Was I thinking. Yeah. <laughs> There's the CSI Miami. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. That's good. Which I think I may have used just after a pun. <laughs> Greater Good from Ooh, Hot Fuzz. Yeah. The greater good. Of course. The Greater Good. Uh, truest Soul Drop. She is the truest soul I've ever known. Truest soul I've ever known. Truest soul I've ever known. Truest soul. Ooh, yeah. Ah, truest soul we've ever known, you know? He said that to his teacher and commanding officer. And she didn't... Vomit? Like, she should have killed him <laughs> on the spot. At been, least like, demoted him. Like, kicked him out of the military. Army, yeah. yeah. She should have been like, no, you dummy. Oh my god. Dishonorable what? discharge. Discharge, yeah. Uh, <laughs> you're a wizard, Harry. You're a wizard, Harry. Which is something that I used whenever oh. you said the word haggard. <laughs> Uh, I get it. I understand. Tara saying, I am, you know. Oh. <laughs> Yours. I am, you know. Yours. Because imagining... it comes up so much in the previously ons. And I'm imagining a lot of Tara drops of like, Willow, you're using too much magic. Willow, you're using too much magic is next. Mm-hmm. Willow, you're using too much magic. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Why do all my shirts have such stupid things on them? <laughs> God, why do all of my shirts have such stupid things on them? From the body. Yeah. Courtesy of Willow. Yeah. And then the final oh. general clip is those kids are lucky to have her. <laughs> those kids are damn lucky. <laughs> so lucky to have her drop. There you go. One of the featurettes I watched today uh, also was talking about Buffy going back to the high school and that being cyclical. And then there was like a clip of Peewood talking about how the kids were really going to be able to relate to her because <laughs> of how like young she was. And and I mean, it, he's like saying all these things about, you know, how he wants her to behave and like what sorts of things he's expecting. And she's like, can I get detention? And you're like, yeah, Buffy, we get it. That's, oh boy, he wouldn't let you be here if you weren't the Slayer. Right. He definitely wouldn't. Oh. Oh, uh, I've got a couple more things. Um, we're going to finish this off with a Teeks review, I think. Oh, that sounds good. Let me tell you Joss's favorite episodes. Oh, absolutely. Because that was in one of the, the featurettes I watched. Um, number 10, Prophecy Girl. Okay. Which I think, you know, that makes sense. It's like the first season finale he yep. did. And I mean, it's not bad. She gets to throw the master through the... Onto uh, a table, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, conversations with dead people, number nine. Yep. Number eight is Restless, of course. <laughs> Just jerking himself off the entire time. Number seven, becoming part two, which mm -hmm. is good times. Number six, becoming part one. The Wish. Oh. Which is very fun. Number five is Doppelgangland. Nice. Which I think he just really loves Evil Willow. Yeah. Honestly. Who doesn't? Yeah. <laughs> Number four is The Body. Mm -hmm. Number three is Hush. Okay. Number two is Once More With Feeling. What is number one going to be? Tabula Rasa? No. Uh, where's the... You'll never guess. Let me, let me preface this by saying that you'll never guess. Goodbye, Ola. <laughs> You, that would definitely be podcast over. <laughs> you would be stopped recording. We'd, I'd have to leave. Yeah. What is it? It's Innocence, which is the episode... Oh, Buffy loses her virginity. The one right Angel. after, where then Angel is... Yeah, yeah. I feel like there's definitely something about that episode that is, like, just the thesis of the show. Yeah. Like, this is what it is. <laughs> like, it's a metaphor. <laughs> the, the monsters. They're metaphors. <laughs> yeah. Uh, season six just loses the plot so much when it's like, life is the villain. Yeah. Yeah. 
Which is a strange choice. Yeah, season six doesn't even really have a... Like, it has life, it has the nerds, and then it has Willow. Yeah. And, like, none of them are really... The, the villain. I mean, I guess... I guess then life is, ultimately. But that's pretty thumbs down. Yeah. I've got the uh, Frequently Asked Questions page up for Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Oh, that sounds fun. Uh, for IMDb. Um, speaking of Kendra, where is she from? <laughs> is there an answer? Jamaica, apparently. What? And believe it or not, we have it on good authority. Well, Marty Noxon that the accent is 100% correct and was verified by an accent specialist from Hollywood. <laughs> Sounds like the most fake thing I can imagine. Yep. An accent specialist from Hollywood. <laughs> it's just, hmm. Yep. So, uh, so that's some good times. Uh, there are a few other good ones from there, but that, that's fine. <laughs> what, what is a soul? <laughs> yeah. That's a good question. Yep. Yeah. Ah. Oh. Uh, anything else before we wrap this up? You have to wonder how the character of Xander might be different if it had been Danny Strong playing him. I feel like it would have been very different and I would have liked him better. Yeah. I, I want to say no shade to Nicholas Brendan, yeah. but he he brings a different energy to things, right? Yeah, for sure. And that's what it is. It's what sort of energy you're bringing to the character. And that informs how the writers are thinking about your character when mm -hmm. they write things for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ryan Reynolds, you know. <laughs> See, but the problem is if Ryan Reynolds had been Xander, then Buffy definitely would have gone with Xander eventually. Yeah, for sure. Because... He's so charming. He's so charming. And, like, a lot of it really is a chemistry thing. Yeah. Like, that's what happens on shows is, you know, you put these people together, certain people just are going to have all this crazy amount of chemistry. Wesley and Cordelia, for instance. Yeah, or, <laughs> or like, you put James Marsters there. With anyone. And, like, yeah. anyone. Literally anyone. Ah, uh, those Joyce fanfics, you know? Yeah. But, yeah, you put... Put Ryan Reynolds in there. What are you going to do? And I guess that's the other part of it is whenever you talk about someone being played by a different character, it just is going to change the dynamic of everything, of every person interacting with them. And yeah, I mean, how someone chooses to play a particular line or a particular scene. The problem is that like, I think with Danny Strong being shorter, people tend to give him things or especially like this show tends to give him things that make him like pathetic, mm -hmm. which is... Not what they what they wanted for Xander. Yeah. Because really, like, what's the point of Xander? They right? never figure it out. They never figured it out. In theory, like, by the end, he should be the, like, audience stand-in, every man. He's not powerful, but, like, he can still fight and still be okay, even though he's not, like, a slayer or a werewolf or a witch or whatever. He's the heart. He yeah. brings a lot of empathy to the group. He's the healer of relationships. Yeah. He doesn't do those things. He doesn't do those things. Yeah. yeah. Michaela, before we wrap up. Yeah. How have your feelings about about this show changed watching it and discussing it in this depth it's a good question i don't think my feelings about the early seasons have changed and like i think i was applying how i felt about like seasons mainly two and three to just sort of like all of it mm. because with every time i try to do a new watch through you know you get through season one you get through season two you get through season three and then you get to season four and like it peters off yeah. generally speaking because <laughs> you get to like hush and you're like well we did it we're here <laughs> Made it to Hush. Don't really want to see Adam. Yeah. The, yeah. What does the rest of that season have to offer you? I mean, it has Restless, which is not going to be fun if you're watching it with somebody else the first time. Yeah. Because you're like, oh, remember Sun AM. 
But like, don't bother remembering the Xander bits. The Joyce bit comes up peripherally, kind sort of. of. Yeah, yeah. And like, then it's oh, well, do I really want to see Dawn? Mm, Glory's fun, but like, she's not in it that much, right? And there's a lot of whining that's gonna happen, and then I'm gonna have to watch that horrible episode where Joyce dies, which is a phenomenal piece of television. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes, but, but it's, it's very emotionally devastating to watch. Yeah, I don't watch war stories from Firefly. Right. Yeah. It's a good episode, but I don't fucking watch it. Yeah. So I think I still feel the same way about seasons two and three that I always did. Uh, I mean, obviously with the caveat that like just being like every episode's great is going to be wrong. And that's yeah. going to be wrong about most television shows. Yeah. I don't know how I really feel about the rest of it. I think that I like the the sense I always had that it had this cultural impact. I think I feel that even more now mm-hmm. just from like reading about it and talking about, you know, what what it did and what it allowed other shows to potentially do. Like new Doctor Who was largely inspired to get going because of Buffy. And things like something like Alias mm-hmm. came after Buffy and like that probably wouldn't have been able to be on the air without something like Buffy. I mean, there are probably many shows. <laughs> Supernatural owes its entire existence <laughs> yeah and like this idea that like a genre show which is what they call a show that isn't just like a straight drama yeah. like any sort of genre of any kind it's just like a genre show the, the idea that like that could be like a well-made show really wasn't in the public's opinion before because it's just like you think of genre show and you're like oh like star trek right and it's just like wacky i mean it's not... got a very devoted fan base yeah but yeah but like most people aren't taking it seriously yeah. and i think this show at least in part was one of the reasons that people can take things like that seriously and i mean like there were college courses about buffy the vampire slayer yeah they got real colleges which is pretty crazy if you think about it <laughs> how not to light your show <laughs> it's they're in a graveyard man <laughs> I feel like we didn't complain as much this season, though. We didn't. No. So maybe they figured it out and we just didn't they notice. They may have, yeah. Shit. Because, like, yeah. if we don't notice, that means it's fine. True. So, hmm, hmm. The only time I remember complaining was that time that it was, like, specifically dark because they went to the initiative. <laughs> the initiative, yeah. That was really, no. Good times. Yeah. 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 Well, now you're officially a Scooby. I should I have made you some sort of badge. You got me mini cupcakes and that was amazing. And I made you this nice picture of Angel yep. for you to stare at. And you were wearing a <laughs> leopard print dress. Yeah. To infuriate me. This Michaela. the best $5 I've ever spent. Yeah. $5? value was on nice. sale for 50% off. <laughs> $10 that it cost. Can't imagine why. Whoa! All dresses were on sale that day. <laughs> Our opinions are garbage. Oh, yes. We didn't do a teeks for last episode because there wasn't one as far as I can tell. No. There is one for the entire series. Woo! Doesn't start with the one with because no. it's an entire series. Yeah. I think you read this already. I just did. Yeah. I've immediately forgotten it. Nice. I absolutely love this show, comma, so much. Ellipses? Ellipsis. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't sure whether there were two, three, or four. Oh, hard to say. But three. It's fine. It's a normal number. This, uh, this gets to a lot of what we love about teeks. Teeks will profess in this review to have about five different favorites oh, of any category. Yep. So let's let's go through it. I love this show. I was barely a baby when it came out, and I saw it for the first time, comma, <laughs> when I was about nine years old. I love seeing the late 90s, early 2000s, comma, on this show. This show is just so good. Such good storylines. Such good characters, comma, not to mention, comma, character development. I cannot believe that some people didn't like this show. With such a good idea, comma, comes 
the amazingly fabulous, that's right, I said that, show that makes me smile every time I see it. I can remember what happens in pretty much every episode. I've watched them all at least 12 times. What? At least 12 times. Remember when you were a youth and you had time for things? I did. I did used to have time for things, but... I have made... I, there are some episodes I would say I've seen 12 times. Sure. But like, you know... Every episode 12 times. Definitely not every episode. And I like to think that like I would maybe be able to not write reviews that had incorrect information in them if I had Teeks seen blurs them together a lot, which says a lot more times. about the episodes than it does about yeah, Teeks, I would say. That's true. That's true. My favorite characters are Willow and Xander. Full stop. Mm. I love Giles as well. Full stop. And the same with Anya. <laughs> That, that's actually the end of it. Don't worry. I love Willow because she's a brainiac, a witch, and a true friend. I love Xander, noises of static. No, because he's a goofy and funny, but a really lovely person. No, mm, thumbs down. Incorrect. Who would be a great friend. Yeah, also thumbs down. Nope. I love Giles because he's a bookworm and also the guardian. It takes on new meaning now that I know what guardian means. Mm. It's not capitalized. Oh, okay. So. It's like a, you know, a general guardian, not a specific guardian. Because those are... All what women. A, what a weird concept <laughs> for the second last episode. Yeah. And I love Anya because she's an ex-demon who pretty much cares about money and Xander. Fully agree. That's accurate. Completely accurate. So sad that they killed her. Glad I didn't read this ahead of time. I enjoy the first three seasons, when Angel was in, as well as Cordelia. I love when Angel goes bad, when Faith comes to town, the mayor, and Oz. Yeah. Sure. Absolutely. Agree. You're hitting the nail on the head. I love the next few seasons because of Buffy and Willow going to college. Mm. Incorrect. And Spike coming back in the show full time. Mm. Uh, sort of yes and sort of no. I really like James Marsters. They do not give him the things that they should. I will say that this watch through did really flip me. On from, Spike. On Spike. Because before I was just like, Spike is hot. I love him. And now I'm like, oh, no, Spike. What did the show do to you? Right. And like, he gets his redemption at the end. He's like, you know, he has his thing, his arc or whatever. But like, as we said, he didn't actively pursue. I mean, he got the soul, but he didn't pursue this whole like sacrificing himself thing. Yeah. Anyways. My favorite season is probably season five because I love Glory and Spike falling in love with Buffy. And Dawn coming in. What? Which is an 11th hour of Dawn to the favorite cast. Oh, yeah. But I did get sad when Joyce died. <laughs> <laughs> I have to say that my favorite couple in this show is either Spike and Buffy or Xander and Anya. Wow. Spike, Spuffy is terrible. Yeah. Every single moment they're in the show. Yeah. Xander and Anya is hilarious a lot of it the time is. because Anya is there. I actually don't mind Xander Cordelia. Yeah. I think it really like, brings out different sides of the characters for them to be together. And I, I don't know, like the idea that the reason they break up is because Xander's the worst and then Cordelia gets like impaled. Impaled, impaled. on rebar. And you're just like, what's happening? Why is she impaled? Impaled! <laughs> right? That's crazy that that happened. It's crazy. I can yeah. see why I remembered it. Right? Because it's very, it's just like intense that it's happening. Oh. Overall, I give this show a 10 out of 10. Woo! One of my absolute favorites. Michaela, we Sticks. will be back with Sticks. Skyline. <laughs> 
gonna be such a bad time. I'm um, not looking forward to. It. I'm oddly looking forward to how bad it will be. Although I do worry because there's different varieties of bad, right? There's bad that's funny, and there's, Eric Balfour will be there. There's bad that's just bad, but we're there for Eric Balfour to watch him. We know almost nothing about him. If we're really gonna be honest, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. Nothing. I doubt that there's a Teeks review for Skyline, <laughs> but gosh, we can't hope. I'm hoping that there will be Teeks for Angel, but yeah. I'm not so sure. I feel like Teeks is not a huge angel head or whatever they call themselves. <laughs> we'll I have to figure it out. I don't think that's what they call themselves. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we'll be back with Skyline. We'll be back with Angel Recap Season 1 through 4, <laughs> which I believe we're recording in some fashion. Yeah. And then the slides will be up in case you want to see those. The slides will mostly be... Hannah. Yeah. The slides will mostly be pictures for those in the audience who have never seen any angel just to have and a don't sense. want to read seasons one through four on yeah, wikipedia just and like I'm, I'm gonna have more information than just seasons one through four for sure and it'll be more like here's a picture of a person here's who they are some of them I'm, i probably shouldn't waste time telling you about but i will anyways because that's how i roll and if i'm gonna talk about someone extensively it's just easier to have a picture, right? Yep. So if you've ever seen Angel, this is not a slideshow you need to view. <laughs> Let me just be very clear about that. It will have a lot of star wipes, though. Every single transition Michaela can muster oh, but the will be there. problem with Google Slides is that, like... There's, there's only a, five. There's, like, nine transitions. <laughs> and so then just putting them over and over again got too boring after a while. There's so few... The variety is low. It's low. <laughs> So I have like maybe 20 slides of nonsense and then it's just normal transitions. So nice. everything's fine. Everything's great. God, I don't want to watch Skyline, but I do. <laughs> it's such a bad idea. I'm very excited about it. Oh God. All right. You come back from your vacation. You have to fucking watch Skyline. Yeah, I'm going to go to Paris and then come back and watch Skyline. At least I've got some time. You yeah. Know? Mentally prepare yourself for it. Hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. Well then. Cool. This has been a very special episode. Yeah. It's been very meaningful. It's so late. It's so late. Oh God. <laughs> And until next time. What are we saying? I don't even know. I don't Goodbye. know. Goodbye. Oh, that's so just, that's very final. I don't like it. I'm sorry. Thanks for listening, everybody. Oh, <laughs> that was nice. Yeah. <laughs> I stole it from a different podcast. Mm. Mm-hmm. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. <laughs>